Mom, is that you? Just relax, Marty. You've been asleep for almost two hours. Oh, I had a horrible nightmare. It was terrible. Well, you're safe and sound now. Back on the good old 27th floor. 27th floor! Ah! Ah! Can't be you. Yes, it's me, Marty. Are you all right? I'm fine. I'm fine. It's just that you're so, you're so big. And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does. Think what it says in the tin, it's best film ever. My name is Ian. And I'm Liam. I'm Ellie. I'm Ethan. And I'm Georgia. Hey! And I'm going to be honest, folks, that was take two. But, yeah. you know, a year in the making deserved two goes at it. Absolutely. And Georgia's lag wasn't as bad this time, and no one's making faces to say that our mics are distorted. No. I think that's what we call a win here. So, I will take that. And we are a year old. Ethan Ooh. said off mic not old enough to drink yet i said no no no. do you not know that one podcast year is a 21 human years wow it's like dogs and cats but <laughs> you know so i guess technically one podcast is three dogs to be fair most podcasts don't get past three episodes so this is <laughs> there like we go. eldritch years for us i'm very proud that we didn't like get to episode two like a lot of podcasts and go can you give us some ideas to talk about on our pod today? <laughs> As the guy who does the Twitter for the... I'm like, this is just insane. The people are like, I want to start a podcast. Any ideas? Or who wants to have me on their podcast? And my answer is always the same. Like, A, come up with your own. B, think of at least a month's worth of content. And I mean, like, four episodes. Do you know, I'll be honest. I never thought we'd last a year. Well, there we go. I kind of thought we'd sort of, like, you know, talk a little bit. Uh, not have many listeners. We get through the pandemic, and I thought, you know, maybe. Well, we did think the pandemic was going to be three weeks, Liam. Yeah, (laughs) it's a a three week plan, and then we're all going to come out of this. I didn't see this coming. As we. Thank you to everybody out there. It's a mad. I mean, this whole whole episode is a big thank you to anybody and everybody who is out there because. I had hopes and thoughts and things that I thought might be accomplished, but I think we've done stuff in this year that I haven't even remotely considered. Well, you think about all the different things we've done. I mean, that's just yeah. strange, isn't it? You know? Yeah, and we kept putting stuff out there, and people kept listening and yeah. kept downloading and kept telling other people to listen and to download. And then people started getting a hold of us. Yeah. And then, you know, everything from the weekly episodes to After 82. After 82 documentary, Which yeah. was massive to, you know, people from other shows wanting to be on ours, inviting us onto theirs. And the people we've met through this? People we've met through this. And we've, uh, I think we referred to it last week as a fledgling fandom. And that is the word I will yeah. definitely refer to it as. <laughs> Uh, as the fledgling fandom because it's just been unreal to have this kind of community on that note i mean really it was going to be me and you it was. that was going to be it and we're talking it. about a community getting larger we now sit here with 150 percent extra people than just even me and you like go exactly. up another we went exactly. from two to, to really a cast of five i mean we do kind of mix it up and do various things at various times absolutely but from here we spawned a sister podcast and from there we spawned sub podcasts yeah. and sub series and you know i just thankful that a when i came to people and said i have an idea people went yeah and then also the idea that when i want i have another idea and another idea mm-hmm. and people just seem to be going 
Yeah, let's, all right. Let's do this. If I'm free, yeah, yeah, which is really all I'm really asking for. Yeah. So that's been incredible fun. Maybe we'll have a time for some reflections at the end. It might be nice, actually, to, to kind of do something like that. It's been a blast of a year, really, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, anybody on the other side of the computer screen wants to... Uh, this is very rare. I'm going to ask if you want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to episode one. I listened to episode one a few days ago. There's a big difference in quality. There is a big difference. So, okay. I've just yeah. seen like how much we've grown. Show. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's that extra 150 percent, Ethan. Oh, yeah. 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 I remember being sat on Ian's sofa with the two boys about to record back to the future the first time around and them questioning something and me just whacking it up on my phone and going no it's this and screaming <laughs> from the sofa into the microphone and that was gonna be fact check corner that yeah, was the idea for that corner, yeah and it's yeah. grown into more than this and yeah. we've received i mean we got, I, I started everybody on this front in the sense that um, we're not doing shout outs this week because we've sort of you know there's some special stuff lined up but we had like three reviews this week so we'll get to those next week wow but like people and people were engaging with the personalities and it was the idea that it just became more than just we got a movie we want to sort of do yeah so that was that so i'm gonna do some quick some really quick intro stuff and then i want to get right into it plus we've got some surprises throughout the throughout the oh, recording session like surprises there Exciting. we go so let's talk about the charts really quickly i mean we've charted and we've, we've we've been lucky in a lot of places in a lot of countries places we would never have thought exactly our voices would get to extend to yeah so we're thankful that once again we've charted in the united states of america in yeah. great britain in yep. canada, canada in australia in germany uh we are number 55 in sweden we are number 49 in italy we are number 43 in denmark 25 in switzerland wow. and number 11 in india thank Amazing. you guys that is brilliant that's brilliant and Yay. there's places that we get lots of downloads in and we don't for some reason chart and that's okay but like we still yeah. get tons of st- tons of stuff in belgium yeah we get stuff in italy we get stuff in sierra leone we get stuff all over so for anybody if you've listened to us once if you listen to us 75 times as i think it's the most recent number uh, this is episode 59 but on top of all the bonus stuff that we've done at uh, 75 different things we've put out on the best film ever feed alone mm-hmm. this will be 76 uh thank you very much and there's people who have listened to all 76 and i'm like dang yeah, yeah. dang and you've, you've obviously listened to us and seen us grow. So Yeah, I mean, people who've been on the ride for that long have, have heard a tremendous yeah. amount of movement. And so um, I'll do some promos quick, and then I'll, I'll jump on kind of what we're doing today. Uh, if you haven't already heard it, go back, listen to last week's Fargo. It was good. Mm-hmm. I really liked Fargo. Yeah, I like Fargo. It <laughs> ended the winter of our discontent, <laughs> which is the theme I kind of came up with for that. And, and first Georgia off, Georgia has now returned spring. as a result. <laughs> <laughs> as comes spring, does come Georgia. Um, and so once we're done this, we're literally we're going to go on pod vcon with the v stands for virtual, virtual yeah. in just a few hours and we're going to record on our favorite vacation road trip kind of holiday-ish kind of movies not mm-hmm. like christmas movies but like holidays like you're going on holiday you're going yeah, on a trip yeah. you're leaving your house um on talking to mickey we've got thor dropping in a couple of days so that will be enjoyable. And uh, Ethan, I know at the very least you and I are going to try some Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I believe we've determined yeah. is going to be called Falcon uh, Falcon and the Weekly Soldier. Weekly Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Which is really funny. I, guess that really, was, I like that. I guess really clever. That was a 2 a.m. Fugue State pun idea. I was like, no, yeah, it was good. They'll like this. Because I was sitting here going, I don't really have a name because Wanda Revision came really quickly to me. Yeah. I'm just like, I know what to call this. This one, not so much. So well, sh- well shout. Yeah, good shout. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, 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 well shouted, shout. young man. 
man. <laughs> <laughs> well shout. And uh, it's just Liam that's not named anything on the podcast yet. So come on, Liam, you're the next one. Uh, yeah, okay. there we go. We'll see. We'll have to think of something there. Um, and so, I mean, other things. I mean, we're going to do a watch along at some point. And now the question is, what film should we do? And we're going to throw the power to that on our first watch along over to people out there. Yeah. Listen to us next week for information on that. Yeah. Because I'm looking forward to that. The power is in your hands. Power is in your hands. Uh, outside of that, here's what today's going to be. There's no official shout out list like we usually do because people have recorded messages and they're going to be shouting out us yeah. during the I say evening. For us, we record this in the evening. So I'm looking forward to this. Um, so you guys are here. Georgia, you're kind of a fledgling wrestling fan here. And there's something called the Royal Rumble yeah. where people at random I'm just so appear. And we've this- cu- Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. And we've kind I of got this. Rumble. Oh, do you really? Okay, so it's kind of like this. We've got... We've, I'm, I'm, we've got a, I'm a WWE video game fan. Oh, are you? Okay, it excellent. Goes into, it goes into the show. Ethan something. bringing up video games in the podcast <laughs> again. But we, if, if we should have like a bingo, bingo card. card. Yeah, if you got Ethan talking about, about wrestling. I'm sorry, about video games. Tick. Ian talks about wrestling. Tick. So you got a couple already. We have, and I kid you not, 21 people who have reached out wow. to us and over the Whoa. course just like a, a birthday party we can't ignore our guests no nope. and this is our first birthday party <laughs> so we're going to as we do the review we're going to make sure that we don't ignore our guests so that will be happening throughout this uh re- review as oh, it I'm is so excited to listen to these it is now if much like marty mcfly i wish i had a time machine mm-hmm. so i could go back and have a small listen of what episode one might have sounded like Ooh. I do have a time machine for the power <laughs> podcast. We've got a little bit of episode one. I'm going to play maybe 45 seconds, but let's check out. Ethan was talking about episode one. Listen to the sound quality on this because here we go. And that's recording. All right. So, ah! Red, leather, yellow, leather. Red, lorry, yellow, lorry. All right. So, uh, I'm going to open my phone up so I can get the actual sound in here. Oh, we are apparently the first step is introduction. We are officially recording, so uh, we are attempting something new here today. Uh, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Ian, and my name is Liam, and we are trying to start a podcast called the Best Film Ever. Well, not the best film, best film ever. Get rid best of the film, yeah. best film ever. And what we are going to do is basically, as original as this sounds, we're going to review some films and see if it is indeed the best film ever. Yeah. Yeah, so let's go. <laughs> I thought there was going to be more. I thought there was going to be more. I'm going to have to either edit the audio or let that stay in. That'll be funny, the way. So that's a little listen to episode one. That's oh. brilliant. The thing that jumped out to me was first off was the idea that Ava sound quality is. Like for, for just starting, I mean, it was it was it was it, fun, was, fun, it was what it was. But yeah. like back one. Oh, and the second part is like you and I both sound nervous. We do, don't we? Because we didn't yeah. really talk about it. I just turned on the mic and just and kind we just of went for it, and basically did an impression of the podcasters that I that that, that, that I enjoy. And I hadn't found my 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 voice, so to speak. I don't yeah. mean like the the uh, the uh, Brian Griffin voice, that, <laughs> but I mean like I hadn't found that sort of comfort where I'm like we're gonna have a conversation and have it recorded and pretend and try and make it feel natural. And at that point, I think. It's me just going, oh boy, <laughs> and throwing to you, and you going. Uh. <laughs> I thought it was nice that the beginning recording of like this episode. You guys' audio peaked for us. Well, for it you was, guys, and then, that was yeah, then it went back for uh, for this one. It kind of peaked at the beginning too. Yeah, we 
had some we had some we had some distortion and we had some plosives. There was a, there was a B that came out very hard on that one. <laughs> so that is before that. Before you got pop filters. Before we got pop filters. Before we got you know before we got decent mic. Well, I had an okay mic. I think I had the mic you're on right now, Liam. Actually, yeah. so uh, it was. Uh, it was all right. It was all right. But it was fun to go back and give a listen. And that's why we did Back to the Future 1 for first episode. Yeah. We had to do Back to the Future 2 for the first birthday. Absolutely. And I think uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying that. I think before we even do Context Corner, we need to sort of meet a few of our guests. So I think we'll do, this, do this in pockets of three. Woo! I think that's the plan. Pockets of three. So let's see who's behind door number <laughs> one. So who drew number one? <laughs> Hey, it's Dan from the Little Bitch Podcast. So due to unforeseen circumstances and a massive issue with my internet, um, me and Marshall have been unable to record this message together. So I just wanted to wish you guys the happiest of birthdays. Um, We've shared a lot of memories over the last year. and We've supported each other. We've featured on each other's podcasts. So happy birthday, from me and Marshall. Dan and Marshall for the Little Bitch Podcast. Oh, Only Dan there. Dan but and Marshall. Dan and Marshall were our first real podcast friends. Wow. So yeah. I thought, who better to draw number one? Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, we, we missed the Little Bitch Podcast. I want I, I want some more little little bitchiness in my in <laughs> my in my life bitches. in my life and, and in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> they just, they've got a great name for their fledgling fandom. They call it the Little Bitch Army, and I'm like, That's well, Lil Lil, nice. not little Lil Lil Little Bitch Army, and I'm like that. that that, that's a good one that is very good but definitely and you know we, we've done some stuff on theirs and sent some stuff in and they've appeared on on ours and they did uh, dan even came did a full episode on the talk in the mickey with dumbo yeah so i mean that was that was a lot of fun so definitely uh worth having there uh i said we're gonna do three let's do let's do a second hey guys this is mark from 100 things we learned from film podcast just wanted to say from john and i Congratulations on a year's worth of content. Happy first birthday. Can't wait to hear what you've got coming up over the next 12 months and beyond. Just as a special birthday present, I've got someone very special here who wants to give you a bit of love. Hey there, it's me, Hal Pacino, and I just (laughs) wanted to say, best film ever podcast, you've got a great podcast! Can't wait to hear more. Hoo-ha! <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's amazing that Mark is friends with Al Pacino. That's amazing. I mean, we want, I mean, I mean, off at the end. I mean, that should have been number 21. The real Al Pacino just gave us a thing. No. And a little, little fact. Uh, Al Pacino filmed a film in here in King's Lynn. Did he? Yeah, Revolution. Back in the Oh, 80s. that's right. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I've seen, I've seen the DVD box art. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, but no, that was, uh, that was fantastic. <laughs> hundred things. He's, uh, he's now obligated, Mark, you're now obligated for all future things to find other impressions to do absolutely i'll tell you what i'll tell you what he's the one who does uh, there's a lot of impressions of someone else that come through on some of these greetings oh yeah we'll we'll definitely hear that so there we go a little sound of um paul mccartney to him but uh, before he goes all al pacino yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. a really lovely voice i was thinking that as he was talking 
Yeah. Congratulations I, on your voice. It's I enjoy great. the pod. So yeah, it was it was great to hear that. So I'm going through all and I'm, pre- I'm prefacing them. And I'm like, someone's there. And then I'm like, oh my. <laughs> I got my headphones on. I'm just dragging files. Going, okay, put it with the buffer. Put it with the... And that came out. I was like, whoa. So speaking of whoa, wow. we've got number three right now. Let's have a listen here. Hi, it's Drew and Danny from It's a Musical Podcast. And we just wanted to pop by to wish the best film ever, the best birthday ever. Happy one year birthday. Yes, thank you so much for being a beacon of light for us through this past year. We have loved all your episodes. Drew, what is your best film ever? Well, obviously I have to say a musical, so I'm going to go with Chicago. And if you couldn't say a musical? Then Muppet Christmas Carol. (laughs) Which kind of qualifies, doesn't it? Which is also a musical. For me, it's such a toss-up. It has to be between either Jurassic Park Mm -hmm. or Spider-Verse. Jurassic Park is my favourite film ever. Yeah, and this is it. It's such a phenomenal film, but if I think about the sheer, like, just wow, they actually made this as a film. Spider-Verse is just, for me... I loved, loved that episode. Mm-hmm. And we look forward to seeing all the other episodes that you bring us. Have a great second year. And we look forward to all the great future shows on the horizon. Oh. So that's It's a Musical Podcast. And they do great. So they do, they do great stuff. I did the stuff. cheer into my mic when he oh. said Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse. <laughs> I was cheering my mic when he said Beacon of Light. Yeah. I was like, Wow. Yeah, and and if you like what we do, go check out them because. And if you're, people are like, why is why it's you're th- why are you focusing so many on these other pods? Because that's what it is. It's just yeah, a community, and there's is. room at the table for everybody. And if you like what we do, you'll definitely like what they do because they kind of do what we do, but for musicals and for musical based films. And they really, do it with all that jazz, all that jazz <laughs> in Chicago, great. Yeah. And they have an episode in Chicago, which is fantastic. So I, if you want a starter point there, and you liked our our episode in Chicago, go go check theirs out because it yeah. is fantastic. Fantastic. All right, so let's go ahead and start out a little bit with Back to the Future 2. Who has seen this before? I mean, I obviously have. Yeah, yeah. Anybody not seen it before? Okay, great. So we've all seen it before. For me... It's been a while, but as a kid, Back to the Future 2 was my favorite of the three. Same. Because they go they go forward. And that was yeah, the fun yeah, part yeah. as a kid was going, you know, and some of the like, hoverboards and things like that. How could you not how could you not love this? <laughs> Absolutely. So that was that. Um anybody anybody else want to wait? It was my favorite just because of the cowboys. Okay. As I've gotten as I've grown older and become an adult, three is my favorite. I oh really? Because that's, I think it's because the less least watched one I've watched. Okay. So, you know, I don't know that so inside out. So it's still got little nuggets that you go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. as opposed to like knowing it yeah, yeah, yeah. proper inside out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ellie or Georgia? I don't think I've seen the third one. Oh, okay. Mm. I've not seen, seen the one third two, but I don't think I've seen the third. Yeah. I have seen the third one, but a, quite a while ago, I can't remember enough of it to say where I'd place it. But do you remember this one being, I mean, I guess we can, maybe we can come back to that at the end. Kind of, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Where, where, where do you feel about this one versus the first one? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, that's, I mean, why did we request this? I mean, we requested this for the obvious reason. First yeah. episode was that, first birthday, let's go back to the well. Absolutely. Hopefully, by the time we hit our third birthday, they've made a fourth. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I really don't want to root for, for a reboot of this. I don't no. want to root for a reboot of this. <laughs> Robert Zemeckis has already said no reboot. Yeah, yeah, he said no, no reboot. So it's Bob Gale, the guy who yeah, wrote it. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it, it'll, it'll it be interesting to see is. what they happen. They've done the musical and all that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe Perhaps they'll do a recording films. of the musical. We could do that. 
the review of the musical. I think that's our yeah. friends at It's a Musical Podcast who will be doing stuff like that. So maybe we can we, team up. Maybe if they we film can, it. Maybe we can team up. Um, we can so, do Doc Hollywood instead. Oh, geez. No, thank you. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look. So as was said, directed by Robert Zemeckis, who also did films like Death Becomes Her, Forrest Gump, Contact, and Castaway. Wow. I don't think he gets enough credit. No. What a body of work. Though. Like Forrest Gump. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, amazing if, if that was Spielberg or, or someone of that ilk, we would definitely remember that. But we forget Zemeckis did that, I think. And again, a lot of split screen there. A lot of special effects, mm. actually. Yeah, it's a good yeah. point. Uh, Dean, did he also do Roger Rabbit as well? Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Side. Uh, Dean Cundy, who did um, the uh, cinematography here, who also, of course, did Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, and Apollo 13. Yeah. So he's this is a, this is a, at least our fourth film we've done of his so far. Wow. Yeah. And then music by Alan Silvestri, who of course did the first Back to the Future, did Young Guns Two, great movie, and Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe he did all the Avengers, but like I, I, yeah. I believe that big theme, uh, that big you know Avengers kind of theme, which totally escapes me at this point for some reason. Um, but so you think about that and this theme, like at the very least, he's written two all-time great themes. Yep. So you really can't go wrong with that. So we got some heavyweights here. Uh, Let's go ahead and say uh, director Robert Zemeckis said that initially a sequel was not planned for the first film, but because it was such a huge box office success, it led to the conception of a second installment. He later agreed to do the sequel, but only if Fox and Lloyd returned as well. Once they confirmed Zemeckis met with screenwriting partner, Bob Gale to create a story for the sequel. And they would say they would later regret they ended the first one with Jennifer in the car because this then became a problem. Yeah. What do you do with Jennifer? <laughs> because clearly they were like, once they got to the future, it's like, find a place. They literally throw her in like a pile of garbage. Yep. <laughs> and they had to change actresses as well they did and we'll talk about that yeah uh gail spent most of the time writing the first draft by himself because zemeckis was busy making who framed roger rabbit nice. at first the plan was that it would take place in 67 with his parents be with marty's parents being hippies Ooh. but then it was like well no they'd be too old to be hippies because mm-hmm. hippies weren't 30 year olds yeah, yeah, hippies yeah. were the 16 17 18 to early 20 year olds right yeah so um so they thought well maybe actually it's a good time then to go back to 55 and see the first film's events in a different light uh with a few key iterations that would need to be talked about because not every, you couldn't get the whole band back together as, no. as it would have it <laughs> so um according to gail they tried to make the future a nice place where what's wrong is due to who lives in the future rather than the technology in contrast to almost everything else where technology makes the world evil. Mm -hmm. Um, So to keep production costs low and take advantage of an extended break, Fox, um, Michael J. Fox, that is, uh, had a break from family ties, and then they shot back uh, back to back, Back to the Future 2 and Back to the Future 3 was one long shoot. Oh, that's cool. So the the, the concept where he said, like, once Fox and and, um, Lloyd confirmed, I mean, I've heard a piece of trivia that changes that perspective, and that's that Michael J. Fox claims he he only found out number two was happening when he watched the the VHS copy of number one, and it said to be continued, because in the theater, it didn't say to be continued. In the theater, it was just, it just ended. And when he watched the home video and said to be continued, he got on the phone to his agent and said, I'm in this one, right? Because we talked about (laughs) Teen Wolf and the idea that, you know, they, they make sequels back in the 80s and you didn't need to have the same actors you just shot it again and the brand was was the powerful thing mm-hmm. i think we see a change in like the 80s and whatnot where it's like no you kind of have to have the stars i'm not being funny for how much they fought for him to be in the first one yeah you oh know. it'd be stupid no i mean he he carries yeah. that film. Oh. well the two of them carry that Absolutely. film yeah so uh that is really about that i think we've done context corner 
I think we should see some more of our guests. Yeah. Do you think we should see some more of our guests? <laughs> I love our yes. guests. All right, so here we go. Let's see who drew number four in the mm. birthday rumble. Hey, it's Griff here from the Paul and Griff Show. What a special day it is for best film ever. One year old. 74 episodes old. Wait, what? What do you mean the release of three special episodes? <laughs> I only checked this morning. Okay. <clears throat> One year old. 77 episode old or thereabouts. In all honesty, you guys and gals are always a joy to listen to, even if a certain film was rated way too high. But it's your birthday, so you won't ruin your special day. Here's another great year and another gazillion episodes. You guys and gals rock. Thanks a lot, Griff. That was great. Yeah. That was funny. Brilliant. Uh, he, he, Leave I, it out, Griff. I, I, I think he totally hits me in the head when he's like, you guys really... St- yeah, it's what... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've got, we do really slow content. I've got ideas. I'm like, yeah, it's lockdown. What else are you going to do besides record, watch, True. record, and edit? Absolutely. Well, for you guys, watch and record. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ethan occasionally helps me with the latter. So, uh, but no, I mean, it's just kind of fun. There's ideas and there's a whole world of content. And the thing is, like, no matter how fast we run, we'll never catch up. No. We'll never be out of films or out of TV or out of entertainment properties. No. And if never. somehow we were, I'd think of a new idea. Yeah. Yes, you would. <laughs> yes. There'd be something else we would do where we could revisit things and all, every, all sorts of every stuff. Every week you're always coming up with stuff. It wouldn't be a book club. I could do something with films and TV. I totally could. I totally, totally could. Make so our own right. films and then review them. Make, yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> this is the best film ever. This is the best film it's ever. Everything else. Yeah, well, you could do the books because they often write oh, books. I don't want to do that. The books that go along with films. No, because this is dead easy. I do a film. I sit down for two hours and make some notes. <laughs> a book. That you're talking like. a long episode. Oh, you're, you are talking oh, yeah, on, for on, like <laughs> so much commitment in my. Like, I do research. I'm not doing that. What's <laughs> your grumble? Well, the grammar in page 325 wasn't exactly on par. They say than instead of then. You guys would all show up trying to fake right. your way through it is what would happen <laughs> oh yeah i've totally read this i think like it's cool and say, no, no no i think i think you pretty much got it <laughs> yeah. i think happened. we should isolate the clip where ian says it's, this is dead easy <laughs> what's dead easy oh yeah yeah <laughs> well, in comparison in comparison anyway let's go ahead and check who else is uh, who else has brought a present i think this one looks like it's a sweater Dear Best Film Ever Podcast, this is Vic from Action B Rated Podcast. I just want to wish you happy birthday. I believe all you have accomplished for the span of surprisingly just one year is just phenomenal. I wish you all the best. Keep up the great work and keep entertaining us with your facts, quips, trips down memory lane. Not for another one, but at least 10 more years. Cheers and happy birthday. 10 more years. Wow. I feel like I just got a jail sentence. <laughs> Jeez. Too much. I'm, I'm locked to you guys for 10 more years. What happened to, what happened to the three listeners I thought we'd have? <laughs> well, I don't know. Jeez. They were the first three guests. It's, it's, it's considerably... <laughs> you're putting down your beer too hard in episode one. Now you're like knocking the table. But no, so yeah, I, I guess um, they told three friends and they told three friends and here we here we sit. So, yeah, thank you, Vic. Yeah. Uh, living in Sweden, originally from Bulgaria. Well, Tell me wh- how, where else in life you're going to have a situation like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Where, like, you know, I, I can expect, you know, Vic's going to, after an episode, Vic's going to tweet a couple times about the episode that he saw. And I, it, it's an amazing world we live in. It is. It truly is. On that note, maybe let's find someone a little bit closer to home. 
What's up, Best Film Ever podcast? It's the Summoning Boys here. We just want to give you a big congratulations on your one-year anniversary. However, we do have a few bones to pick. The beacons are lit, and your podcast calls for aid, and the Summoning Boys will answer. Can I have Lord of the Rings, please? Oh, oh please, please, Lord of the Rings, please, 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 the Rings, please. Oh, please. Podcast friends. Oh, Lord of the Rings, please. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, guys, the Summoning Boys just wish you all the best going forward. But it's time for us to chuff off. I've been Shinny Senpai. I've been Jim. I've been Grayson. Happy birthday, you filthy animals. <laughs> Can I get a oh yeah? Oh yeah! <laughs> I have no idea what I listened to. Oh. Before they made the reference, I was like, this is like if like a, a, a anime podcast met the in-betweeners. And then he went, podcast friends. Okay. This it pretty much confirms oh, honestly, it. Honestly, I can stop smiling. Oh, my word. I these guys. Uh, so h- how not to summon a podcast? If I mean, I'll say this much. Uh, they definitely like the personality just drills through the, through the earbuds Absolutely. there. They have a good time. I love listening to these guys. And you don't even like anime. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Much like this so is then. Uh, no, so definitely worth, worth a shout. Worth a shout. So let's go ahead and jump into and the Pokemon movie. one episode was very good. There we go. Let's jump into the movie. So we meet Marty McFly again. And uh, as I said, he only found out that they're making a sequel once um, they sought to be continued. He called his agent, found out, yes, you're going to be in it. And then we meet Jennifer, but not that Jennifer. No. And you go, well, hang on, though. It's the same. Yeah, they went back and reshot the ending. With, with the new Jennifer. They kind of sliced it apart, didn't they? They used some of the original... N- not so much this scene. This scene is pretty much a shot-for-shot shot remake. Because I thought really? the fusion with, bit where they put Marty's bits in. No, that's different. That was that's different. You can oh. tell because Christopher Lloyd's delivery of his lines is different and also Marty's wearing a watch. Oh, okay. Marty's not wearing a watch at the end of one. I've never Except, studied them, oh, it's the so. one. Oh, I, I think I wouldn't. It's only, like I noticed him and, oh, I see a watch. <laughs> Someone else with more time. the only scene from the first film that stays in is just the shot of Marty's parents because obviously Christian Slater was about it. Christian Slater? You mean Crispin Glover? That's it. I want to see this God. film now with Christian Slater. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe him as the nerd. Like, maybe the guy who's like withdrawn in the corner, who's like smoking a cigarette. Like, I don't care. Why do I care about her? She probably hates me anyway. But not like geeky Christian no, no, Slater. No, hey, you get your damn hands off her. <laughs> but in- so, what happened to Claudia Wells? Well, why, uh, the- why did she not come back? Uh, her mother was sick. Is what happened. Oh, okay. Now, I heard things that Elizabeth Shoes, who they wanted the first time around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they kind of got what they wanted in the long run by having, and to me, when I think of it, even though one's the most popular film, I think of Elizabeth Shoe in this role. I do. And so they were all shot in order to do this because Claudia Wells had to stop acting because her mother had been diagnosed with cancer. Um, she returned to acting years later. And generally, the thought was that people generally forget what, what Jennifer had looked like because her part's almost nothing as we said in the first one because then I say to you that she was wearing a wig in this Elizabeth I never noticed Shoe? yeah I never is she really before. that looks like a wig okay um, and so when, when Elizabeth Shue who at that point was virtually unknown she would later have quite the career she'd, she'd be in Cocktail she'd be in Ventures and Babysitting was a big film uh, Cry Kid Car- was she really I think so and most recently she's been in The Boys oh yes yeah. oh, she has yeah. yeah 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 she's so good in that so um, for the so they just kind of switched and virtually no one noticed the change. Only the internet's around. Mm-hmm. So unless you were sitting there and your home videos, barely a market, yeah, barely yeah. a market. And so no one really notices when they make the shift. She's actually the third person to play the girlfriend. Cause I did not know this, but according to at least one piece of research, I found when Eric Stoltz was Marty, they actually had a different Jennifer. 
Oh, yeah, because like, they'd filmed a bit of it. They'd already, filmed they? like a month's worth of footage. Yeah. They had to go back and reshoot. So who was... It was Melora Hardin, who yeah, the Office fans, <laughs> the Office fans in the crowd might know as Jan Levinson Gould. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, her as like, you know, not cold jam. Serenity by Serenity jam. by jam, but actually like this really like nice girlfriend. So, I'm still surprised. I've never seen it. Because in my head, Melora Hardin is like just that's the only thing I know her from is, is The Office. I don't know her from anything outside of that. So it was no. so wild to come across that. So I wonder why they recast it then. Why they recast her as well. I think Eric Stoltz was more of a tough Marty. Oh, and what yeah. they wanted was more of a squeaky clean boy next door. And with that meant maybe a little bit less of a hard edged girlfriend. Oh, okay. So you really got to feel for her. Cause Absolutely. the reason, cause, cause the issue was that this, I mean, Stoltz was just the wrong. This is why it's so important to get casting right. Cause Stoltz was just the wrong choice. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, the story was they couldn't get Michael J. Fox originally. And then they sort of managed to negotiate a way that they could get him. Give him credit though, to stop filming and, and redo then, it and all. Redo it again. Yep, absolutely. I mean, that's, that takes balls and, and money. And, yeah. yeah. So Doc is back, and I love his outfit with this yellow, like, raincoat and a transparent tie. And uh, glasses. I totally remember this in 2015. They nailed this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we get the, the same stuff from before the Mr. Fusion and the roads, where we're going, we, we don't, don't need roads. roads. But then as they fly off, we see Biff come out from the house and I remember, I'm going I don't remember this from the first one of course it wouldn't be because they weren't setting anything up no. but this sets up the idea of it okay here's the problem what we didn't get to see in the first one is that Biff saw them take off yeah I wonder if Biff's going that's not the same actress <laughs> <laughs> a flying DeLorean indeed and so we have the credits and these opening shots of the DeLorean going through the clouds and that footage was actually shot for a Clint Eastwood film called Firefox from 1982 so they just recycled it and put the you know, repurposed it didn't I say to you that I think that's you thought it was some sort of airplane it? movie or something I, like that no I thought it was like a Superman no, that was a, yeah, yeah. Or something. yeah no but it was from a Clint Eastwood <laughs> film the, the, the footage didn't seem quite right. Which is kind of weird. If you consider it later, he'll use the name Clint Eastwood when he goes back to 1885. Does, there yeah. we go. And then we go to October 21st and 2015 and the flying cars. And again, I totally remember this in 2015. <laughs> All those flying cars. Uh, Jennifer proves that feminism is alive and well in 1985 because she says, where do we get married? Was it a big wedding? Oh, do we have kids? And it was like the most 50s housewife version of if you get to go forward and see yourself, her only concerns were, am I a good wife and do I have children? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with those being your life goals. The problem being if Jennifer is your only like female character with like any sort of development besides the mom, I guess. But I'm like, it's it's not. It's not great when it's like she's in a rush to just become her parents. Yeah. And so much so that Doc like sedates her and Marty's like, why'd you do? He's like, oh, she doesn't even feel a thing. And they just talk about her like it's like putting the dog outside. It really, it's really not good. I like the look on his face when she's talking. Yep. Because <laughs> you don't, I normally look at her when she's talking, obviously. But then this time around, I watched him and he was like looking shifty yeah and i thought something's gonna happen well and here's the other problem is that they, they introduced this rule which you have to for what they're gonna do in this film but you can't find out too much about your own future i mean that was sort of around 1955 yeah in that version but, yeah, I, mean, but I don't want to know either but here they're going we have your kids your kids and i'm like remember at the end of one i was like that's a bit of a lot of information to give away yeah. but then he like he's like taking the top off of the bottle and then when it all spills like, oh no no we can't have you doing that stop i'm like you're the one who said kids and married yeah. and all this sort of stuff so there's a problem there uh we have the greatest weather predictions ever 
down to the second. I mean, that was like heavy <laughs> downpour. Here, maybe at the end we can say, of all the things that we find, which one of these do you really want the most <laughs> that we don't have? <laughs> George, I think you're saying my, something? My weather app does that. There are my, down the to the second? Like, tells, down to like, you get like a 30-second warning. Well, that's pretty like, good then. Rain, rain dew in blah 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 and it will it will start it's, it's quite good i wonder if there's some some guy who's like a mile away from you just tweeting what's going on yeah. with his weather and then you're like well <laughs> it is what it is it's one thing they, dark sky if anyone's interested you another thing like they got wrong it, it's very good another thing they got wrong was the phone box they're still using phone boxes in 2015 there wasn't really much mobile phone use here yeah no um, but we do have Doc who went to a rejuvenation clinic. Um, <laughs> this still surprises Which me. makes him appear younger. This was written so Christopher Lloyd wouldn't have to constantly wear old age makeup since he would primarily be portraying the 1985 version of Doc, who was a lot more wrinkly in those scenes in the yeah, first yeah. movie. See, as a kid, I always thought he just took off the skin and it was the same. How that was the joke yeah, was that so nothing changed. But there is a change. In his, there's a change. I yeah, guess because when you're like 15 or whatever it is, like anybody over the age of 30 looks angry. To you. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, oh, I can clearly see there's like a twenty I year difference. Yeah. I won't lie, as an adult watching it today, I did not spot the difference. Nah, okay. Same. Uh, I thought that was the joke because he's uh, like, see the young members of the group, Doc, and I'm uh, like, oh, he's oh, pitying him. I must be distinguishing myself as an old member you, of the you group must. then because I saw the difference. There yeah. we go. Uh, so we have pa- line. power laces. That's cool. Cool. That was. I mean, that's one of the things I remember from this film big time. I don't mm-hmm. remember the coat so much. Although oh, the minute they brought it out, I went, oh, it's the coat that changes the sleeve size. I would love this. They have recently, um, I say recently, in the last five years, I think, for the anniversary, I think, they actually made um, this electronic shoes, trainers. To yeah, the, the self-whatevers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was um, like a thousand of them, and they cost, like, way too much. Yeah. The, yeah, but, but the, that collector's items out. The original yeah. self-lacing Nikes Go on. from this film, as of 2018, they're disintegrating. No, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Aww. But Liam, you noticed big old CDs and laser discs in I the alley. Did. Now they've been just dumped because it's old technology. Yeah, came on eighty five. Like a CD and I a laser mean, disc was, are both like early like, technology, like like experimental. Yeah, because CDs don't really go big until ninety. 91. I remember I was still buying my sister's cassettes for a long time. Ninety one was the changeover year from vinyl to CD. Vinyl started dropping off. Yeah. And uh, yeah, cassettes would always be. Cassettes around. were kind of the things that we knew, and you always do what you. I have this whole collection. Why would I? Why would I up beyond that? I mean, DVDs to VHS was a little bit different. But there's a big difference because it wasn't just like because DVD did so many different things. I still remember yeah. the first time I saw The Matrix on DVD. I'm like, wow, this is just blowing my mind. There was such a jump though, wasn't there? From In quality, VHS. yeah, yeah, and things you could do. Like I remember on The Matrix, you could hit a button and you'd go see like how a stunt was done, and then we yeah. take it back to the movie. I'm like, so things weren't linear anymore, and you had all these extra features. Yeah, it was good. Whereas, you know, the VHS, you have to play with that tracking button. Yeah. <laughs> Stop the lines. Yeah. <laughs> God, I've forgotten about that. <laughs> and then these youngins don't have any no idea what we're talking about. No, no clue. I, do. I, I was in that era. Oh, I was in that thing, the crossover between VHS and DVD. I had a lot of VHS. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Uh, my first Star Wars is with, with VHS. Okay. Yeah, there was that big, was yeah, it like yeah. the, the gold and the silver boxes? The gold and the silver. Yeah. And there was like one for the prequels, one yeah. for the original trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so, I mean, and the, the coat looks cool, the 2015 coat, because it's just like a 2015 version of the vest. It's the same sort of color palette. Yeah, yeah. And it, it works well for him, so that's that. Um, and then the plan is they have, Doc's going to take care and he's going to knock out Marty's kid. So Marty pretending to be his kid. He's got to tell Griff, we're not doing whatever it is to do tonight. Mm-hmm. And he goes 
back into because if not his son goes to jail for 15 years his daughter then goes for 20 years and we see this through a usa today newspaper Mm -hmm. and uh we meet hill valley again i remember in the first one i said how much i love the hill valley set and i think amazing i don't know if it got my nomination for set design of the year when we did the when we did the the besties i think Mm -hmm. it did or if it did it wasn't i was kicking myself for not thinking of it but i mean it's back and i love the hill valley set i also remember seeing this in an episode of um night rider Really? Yeah. Jeez. It was so good. Because he started going around this corner of the set. He's on set. And uh, as the Knight Rider car comes round, it goes by the cinema. And I went, this looks familiar. And I was like, oh my God, it's Hill Valley. Yeah. It's so good. And so um, when they created Hill Valley for 1995, they built the town in the set 55 version, shot the middle of the movie, and then damaged it so they could do the 1985 town. And then shot the beginning and the end of the film beyond that. When they decided to shoot Back to the Future Part 2, they had to clean the set and restore it to the same condition it was in 1955. That cost more to rebuild than it did to build it from scratch in the first place. <laughs> wow. That is, yeah, wow. So amongst other things, we see the Courthouse Mall. Yeah. And another thing they got wrong, because by 2015, malls are kind of done. Mm-hmm. Malls probably peak around... 2007. I was going to say, the mid-2000s feels about right. Yeah. Yeah. These mega malls. And then all of a sudden, Amazon happens, and you don't have to go anywhere. No. So, you know, the malls aren't a place to hang out anymore, because you don't don't need to. Just imagine if they'd got Amazon on there. That'd have been amazing, wouldn't it? If they'd called (laughs) Amazon, Apple, (laughs) all these things that we do now, yeah. Does anyone else actually remember what they were doing on this day, actually, in 2015? I do know. That's a great question. I was watching the Back to the Future trilogy. Were you? I precisely (laughs) know what I was doing, but Georgia, you asked the question. Do you know? Yeah, so I was at college. It was my first year at college, um, and we were doing, it was a dance lesson day, and our dance teacher put on the entire trilogy soundtrack to uh, back to the future and we did all of our dance warm-up and uh lesson that day to the music in back to the future oh, i cool. respect the teacher who's aware of that that's that's, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a good show um anybody at liam do you know what you're doing yeah i was at work and uh, as a customer that reminded me okay because uh, we talk about back to the future a lot and um i was like oh yeah it is isn't it and uh, I went home after work and watched two movies. I didn't watch all three, but I watched the first. You watched one and two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Ellie, by any chance, to you? This might have been before I'd even seen any of the Back to the Future films, so okay. no, I haven't got a clue. Because there were all those fake memes where people would say there "Today's is. the day," and it wasn't. I was like, I know exactly mm-hmm. when it is. When this was, I was actually doing an open evening for for a sixth form where I teach, and yeah. it was had to be like so. It was basically come and do, and I thought as the, as the film studies media studies teacher, I'm like I I definitely should have. So I had the clips of them going in the into the future, playing on a bunch of. The, I had a bunch of clips from Back to the Future too, but playing on all the computers around me because I couldn't do anything else beyond that. So it became that's what I, how I was going to sort of show myself as relevant and the oh I gets it. So that you know it gave me a couple of points as far as that went. Oh yeah, definitely. So yeah, but uh, yeah, that's what I was doing on that one. So good cool. good shout there, Georgia. Yeah. Um, other things we had Jaws 19 with the <laughs> yeah. fakest looking shark and that's because that was the first rendering they did and they did, don't, don't even bother fixing it but that's good, <laughs> they loved how ghetto it looked and yeah. I'm like yeah that's alright and the, wonder, sh- the shark still looks fake and that was Steven Spielberg's uh, fear about Jaws the shark was that he, he was afraid people were going to think it looked, it looked fake so it was, <laughs> it was a nice it was a nice Zemeckis sort of put that in there to needle him I think, I think a little bit I wonder why mm-hmm. they put 19 well, the joke, I guess, is that sequels just keep happening. Yeah. So, what's going to happen in thirty years' time? Probably. Be, I, they, they got they got that part right. Not the fact that there's a Jaws nineteen, but the fact that we can't get away from sequels and reboots. Yeah, but back then, <laughs> sequels 
Well, they didn't have done like that was a crazy prediction because yeah, yeah. They, maybe, didn't, they didn't have done trilogies. Maybe they're making a bit of fun of themselves. Oh, okay. Because they're doing a sequel and they're making a joke about sequels. Oh, okay. So maybe it's not. But Jaws, I mean, that's one they've strangely not gone back to the well on. No, no, we haven't really seen. There was the original three, three or four. Once bitten, twice shot. It was four because the fourth one was three D, I think, and everyone hated that one. All right. So we had that, but but once that was done, that was kind of the end of it. So that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, and so there's. Goldie Wilson the third is selling cars um, and restorations. Sorry, making your regular cars, and he was, of course, his grandfather was the mayor. That's right. So, same actor having a little cameo moment here. It was good. And I don't know if you noticed, but the ledge on the courthouse was still broken from where Doc Brown slipped on it yeah. and broke it away in the first film. And there was also um, a burn mark, a scorch mark from yeah, where yeah, yeah. from the lightning hit it, yeah. which was nice. It's was a nice, nice touch. Nice touch. Yeah. Uh, and just one last thing: all the cars in the 2015 version of the film were recycled from other movies that have been set in the future, uh, such as a spinner from Blade Runner in 1982. Blade Runner oh. is that the one that's on the Texaco thing? Oh, it could be. It might be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the star car from the last Starfighter in 1984, and other cars are highly modified Ford probes and Mustangs, as well as concept cars that hadn't been released yet. I wonder where those cars are now. Oh, it'd be crazy, wouldn't, wouldn't it? it? Yeah. Yeah. Question Liam and I asked, how much money would you actually spend to like, you know how you can visit like, like the friend set? How much money would yeah. you spend to go to like, I'd easily drop a hundred pounds to go on. Uh, Easy. To, to, to go and get my pictures taken in Hill Valley. To walk around and be amongst Hill Valley. That'd be brilliant. Whatever the price of a ticket to Universal Studios is. Can you actually do this? Can you actually walk around I believe around it's it? still open. Yeah. I wow. The Universal lots. It's uh, not they the have, same. It's a, not the same lot though. So there oh, we go. We it need burnt down the set. Burnt down the set. Yeah, oh, but we need to go there and 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 just do. We'll do Back to the Future three from the lot oh. at Universal Studios. There's oh, our long term plan. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Oh, I've had an idea. I've had an idea. Go, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, you're okay. No, no, carry on. Keep going. We can go on holiday, and we all can all go to Universal Studios, and we can all look around all the different sets, and we can do like a live podcast vod- vlog thing from the sets, and be like, "Look, it's this film." Yeah, so kind of like <laughs> kind of like the, the the in Bruges plan. Yeah, but yeah. like way more flashy. Absolutely, <laughs> and all the go. films that we've done. And can we go at Christmas so I can see the Grinch? <laughs> <laughs> It's turned into a very specific request on your part. <laughs> I just really want to go and meet the Grinch. So what I'm going to do is, hey, we'll see if we've got a Grinch coming up next because it's time to say to say hello to three more of our uh, of our party guests. So oh, I love these. Here we go. Hey everybody, this is Carlo from Thieves Monthly Movie Loot. I want to wish all of you at Best Film Ever podcast a happy anniversary. Like my mom would say, it seems like yesterday that you were just starting up and arguing about Back to the Future and the Dark Knight. Now you're all so grown up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> wish you the best. I hope the Terrial 2 aren't a sterile, and I hope you all get a lot of great things in the future. Happy anniversary! Oh. Carlo getting emotional there. It it's, it's funny, though, because he's kind of like, well, he's really sad, but I don't know if Some production values. I appreciate that. We do appreciate Carlo Carlo Lolo. And he's been there from very early on. Thank you. Very thank early you, on. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Carlo. Uh, maybe go from one of our older friends to one of our newer friends. Let's go say, who's that spiking the punch ball? Let's go take a look. <laughs> Hello, it's Ben here from Film Vloggers. Just a quick message just to wish the guys over at Best Film Ever podcast a big happy birthday and a huge congratulations for reaching one year. I myself came on to your show probably a couple of months ago now and I've been enjoying it ever since. 
Your context corner in particular is really good and it goes nicely with just chatting about the film in general. I would ask if I can, I know it's your birthday, but maybe for our birthday, which is coming up in oh, uh, August time, if I can get you in touch with my co-host Fiona, as our version of your context corner is somewhat lacking in comparison to yours. So yeah, any tips and tricks I can pass along to her would be greatly appreciated. But in all seriousness, keep up the great work, guys. And I look forward to celebrating many, many more birthdays with you. All right. Oh, thank you, thank Ben, you. who threw Fiona under the bus yeah. at the birthday party. <laughs> poor Fiona. He's, yeah, he's poor the kid Fiona. who sees like the birthday boy like opening his present and then goes, well, I want that. <laughs> it's mine. I want to play with that. He's always been forced to give a gift a and has to bring present, it back. But she didn't want to. She didn't want to, no. We love you, Fiona. Thank you, Ben. Uh, th- th- Fiona, we're sorry. Yeah, <laughs> and, we are sorry. But, we love you. but thank you so much, Ben, for those kind words. Yeah, it was, it's, you, really, and it's, it's always flattering when people who, um, who we haven't met yet through, yeah. through whatever channels, because most of these podcasts, you haven't but without you know people who stumble upon the pod and then say we like we like what you do and that's always really flattering well one day in the future who knows we might we just well that that would be a great sort of thought it? yeah it would be um so stop spiking the punch uh no. <laughs> and then all the way someone had their passport out for this well sort of carlo but there's another passport here let's make sure and see if he got through by immigration he must have one of those <laughs> special ones because you can travel but let's see who else is at the party here <laughs> And happy, 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 happy birthday to the best film podcast ever. It's been a great year of movie reviews, rankings, roundtables, and takeoffs. And even though there's the occasional mistake, it's never a mistake to catch the latest episode. Here's to another year of the hunt for the best film ever. That is so good. Does anybody know who it was? That was Andrew Ashevsky. That was not Andrew Ashevsky. Was it not? That was not. That's Alex that from like Main Andrew Street Finance. <gasps> Alex, I love, Alex, I love the fact that Alex doesn't make it about him at all. No. He's like, I just want to share my heart. Oh, I love you, Alex. Not about, it's, like, it's about, here's that the gift. a cute about, advert as well for him. That was what? That's like a cute advert slash review as well. But for all, absolutely. A never a mistake yeah. to listen oh. to the, and best luck on our search. And we, we will take you up on that. We, we continue our search. Absolutely. I'm really intrigued now to find out whether Alex and Andrew do sound really similar or if that's just my brain. Wouldn't, <laughs> I, I think there is a similarity. I think they're from a similar part of the United States and their, their voices are similar toned as far as like the pitch they sort of come oh, in okay. at. Yeah. Because I think they're not that <laughs> far apart. So I know Andrew's from, from Jersey. Uh, I don't know exactly where where Alex is from. I'm sure he's told me. I think he's a little bit south of that. But yeah, so there we go. Thank you very much, Alex. Thank you very much. And if you want to listen to anything about, if you're especially if you're American, um, any sort of financial sort of questions or just Alex does a great job just dealing with like general financial kind of uh, Mm -hmm. education, really. Yep. And does does a great job. And he came and he did catch me if he can with us, and it was a lot of fun to do that. It so was. So uh, back to a lot of fun. Let's talk about Cafe Eighties. Yeah, Michael Jackson actual footage. Was it? it wasn't like some sort of thing like he actually was 100% cool with he's a big fan of the first movie and cool. sort of found the humor in this so nice that was a take off Max Hedrum was not the real Ronald Reagan no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> who was he was a fan of the film though there were rumors oh, okay. he was supposed to be in the third oh okay. yeah so that would have been a nice touch but that was a big thing wasn't it Max Hedrum I have no idea what you're talking about that that yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, know, I know what thing. talking about um, yeah, yeah you know what I mean how Michael yeah. Jackson was seen on the screen okay and how the um, Jutteran and okay, is, is that a thing? It was a thing. Max Hedrum, I'm sure it was. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Max Hedrum was like sort of a character on I think some 80s sort of Music? spy show. Oh, spy show, like is it? Oh, yeah, right. I, th- I think I might be wrong. I was very young I at the time. 
there was a big thing like in the 80s where someone hacked the airways of like cnn i think and just played this fake max headroom footage over and over it was great <laughs> cool so um Cafe 8 is just your general nostalgia cafe, and it looks a little bit eh, that's all right. Just some notes on 2015, though. Uh, multiple theaters screened this film on October 21st, 2015, which, of course, is the date with the travel uh-huh. back. So that's back to George's sort of point there. To commemorate the film, the USA Today changed their masthead to the futuristic logo presented in the film and reissued the front page featuring Marty Jr. getting arrested. Nike developed oh. real-world versions of the trainers that we talked about, and mm-hmm. all the proceeds went to Michael J. Fox's Parkinson's Research Foundation. Nice. And PepsiCo made the Pepsi Perfect bottles and sold them for twenty dollars and fifteen cents, rather than the forty-five bucks Marty paid for one at Cafe Eighties. Ah. How much do you think those are going for today? Oh, at least one hundred and fifty. Oh, jeez, I would lo- like. Last well, week, my big Let me thing. See if they're up still. Do that. Last week, my big thing was I wanted the Fargo snow globe. <laughs> you did, and I, I went looking for a little bit to see if I could find one. I'm still on. I'm still on the hunt for that. Oh, okay. But a Pepsi well, Perfect. Crystal Pepsi is like seventy dollars just to get like Pepsi Crystal. So like, God knows what Pepsi Perfect is. Though. Well, yeah, because it was a one day issue as well. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, I would. Oh, I would love that. Um, uh, two hundred and ten pounds. Two hundred and ten pounds. Oh, my Fifty. There we whoa. go. Uh, that's that's if you win the lottery kind of spending. So yeah, um, is that a non-opened one? No, that is that is an opened one. Why would you want say Pepsi? We're not going to drink. It's not about that. It's about the bottle. It's about no, I know, but you'd still like one sealed, wouldn't you? I don't really care. I'll just pour brown liquid in it and put it. I'll I'll just get a new Coke. I'll I'll pour it in there. Don't break the seal and all that. You're putting (laughs) Coke in a. If you can find one that's unsealed, how much more are you paying for that? Do you think? Well, this exactly. isn't even yeah. an original. This is a remake. Oh, it's a remake. Oh, I don't want that. Uh, I don't want that. Um, then we meet uh, Biff again, who's now in old man form, yeah. played by Thomas F. Wilson. And I'm going to say he's very good in this. He's phenomenal. You think right? of the characters he plays. He does like four four different versions of himself here. And that's so different. Technically, he cameos the fifth. Yeah. yeah. And in the film, not even in the credits. He does do it in the film. Cool. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So... Um, and he's got he's got this this cane and he hits he thinks um marty is marty jr yeah. and he hits him on the head of this weird like oil slick <laughs> of, a, of a hat but if you look at it it changes color and he's like it's it, mcfly mcfly and a post from the first film where he would take you and he'd put you in a headlock and punch your head yeah, yeah. his cane is a little fist so he's still punching you in the head as he yeah, does it yeah, yeah. clever yeah, very clever um, and so then we find out that there's Griff, and Griff is Biff's grandson, and who Marty's told don't say yes to him. And he's kind of got this helmet on, and he looks really young. Like it's remarkable to think this is the same mm-hmm. actor. Yeah. yeah. Like when it's when it's Biff or from 1955, Biff, I kind of see it, but Griff, I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, and so Griff says that Biff still hasn't put two coats of wax on his car. <laughs> which is a, a kind of a running joke from in the first one george had to call him out saying now biff you lined me oh yeah i'm lying yeah, to you yeah, yeah. so we also have wild gunman the video game oh, yeah. this was cute. not the actual wild gunman the wild gunman was a video game oh. they actually created the game themselves for this oh okay and used the, the license i guess to do it but uh, as a hundred youtube videos have shown us ethan did you happen to notice who was playing wild gunman yeah, I I wasn't sure if I was going to skip over it or not. To link into what, um, how to summon a podcast, it's Elijah <laughs> yeah. Wood himself. It's Elijah it Wood. So there you go, boys. That counts as your Lord of the Rings reference for the yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> Leave us alone. They walk for nine hours. <laughs> the films are great, but geez, it's a. Uh, they're not small. Could you imagine reviewing that? 
Jeez. Not the whole trilogy in one go. It's extended, on the poster. We got to do no, not doing the extended versions. <laughs> I'm not. Do, I'm not putting Apocalypse Now on that. That's not happening. Um, and so uh, then we have something I want to call. It's called the Vista Glide, and something that we need to know about, which is the film at the time is considered one of the most groundbreaking technological films ever because of how they were able to show actors playing opposite themselves in a way that didn't look. Like when we did on on the talk of the Mickey, when we did uh, the, the Parent Trap, and we said the side by side was really impressive. Mm-hmm. You can sort of figure out how they do that. They shoot one side, they shoot the other side, and they put them together. Yep. Okay. This one, like characters are like moving over, like 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 yeah. axis lines, and like how are they doing it? It's this thing called the Vista Glide. And so it enabled them to shoot one of its most complex sequences in which Fox plays three separate characters. Uh, this would be at dinner. Marty Sr., Marty Jr., and Marlene, all of whom interact with each other. The Vista Glide allowed a completely dynamic scene in which camera movement could finally be incorporated because you didn't have to just put the camera in one spot. Yeah. And there's a great bit where Griff calls Biff outside and he like grabs him and pulls him and he, he appears does. in the same window. like, like and, and it doesn't cut. No, it's So it's, it's really remarkable here. Yeah. And called the Vista Glide. Four scenes in total were used by this it was uh the scene with griffin biff in cafe 80s the dinner sequence in 2015 um biff talking to to sorry old biff talking to young biff in the garage in 1955 yeah and 1955 doc talking with 1985 doc when he set up the weather experiments mm-hmm. cool so uh in order for this to happen the camera had to be divided into thirds usually or half if it was the other one and when the dinner scene specifically michael j fox had to come into the scene three different times to play the three characters it was the first film to accomplish interaction between the same actor on the screen twice as two different characters and if you watch closely you'll see 2015 biff's hand disappear during the scene in the garage because he crosses the plane yeah, yeah, yeah so really quite interesting enter marty jr though he's a loser <laughs> it was really fun to see Michael J. Fox play this version of himself. And how do they distinguish yeah. this? By one arm not being... <laughs> the one arm isn't, like, zoomed, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. put back in yet. He's and got... his voice is all, like, even more nasally. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Griff. Yeah. <laughs> and, and his hair's greasier. Yeah. And, uh, and his hat's not on right. He's kind of a little bit... He's a little bit clumsy. Uh, Griff's voice, I'm convinced, had to be done in post. What do you think? McFly! It's amazing if it's not. I'm the physical type. Yeah. I want to over-enunciate everything. It's kind of like a, like a mad Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Or yeah, Yoda. I'd never really thought about it, if I'm honest. Yeah, I think it has to be done in post. I'd be very curious to go deeper in that and find out. But two Marty swap uh, when Marty Jr. gets thrown over the counter, and then Marty legit stands up and it's, it's i'll give him this like the presence when he stands up like it's a, it's a different guy stuff, not once did i go say even though it looks i get i get the gimmick i went felt like two different characters yeah yeah was it me or did the stunt double look like a little bit taller what, <laughs> or a lot taller what marty McFly's? yeah when i got thrown over oh really i don't know that <laughs> uh, and then we have the bit where griff calls him chicken and this is new for number two it wasn't in number one. Oh, this concept it, of are you chicken Oh, okay. I thought it was in both. Um, it was a little lazy. Yeah. But they had to give him a... Fl- and the reason why they did this is because Marty doesn't have any flaws. Oh, okay. Marty's too perfect. He needs a weakness he has to overcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for a trilogy, I think you do. Yeah, absolutely. I think you do. And yeah, but they could have picked a different weakness. This was shit. <sighs> yeah, it was... It's one of those things where Back to the Future is an essence, in many ways, a kid's film as well. Yeah. And Chicken, something I guess they felt they could go... I, I hear you. It's, 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 it's not sophisticated. No. It's very simple. You know, you call me chicken? Okay, fine, fair enough. But that's something kids could associate with. I think so. The idea about don't just, just because someone, a bully, eggs you on, you know, learn to be above that. Yeah, yeah. 
And then uh, Marty punches and knees Griff and then runs away. And he steals a little girl's hoverboard so we can have some Mattel placement. And a nice little throwback back again. <laughs> in promotional appearances, oh, sorry, in promotional materials, such as Back to the Future Part 2 behind-the-scenes special presentation, Robert Zemeckis explained that hoverboards float on magnetic energy. He added, they've been around for years. It's just that parent groups haven't let toy manufacturers make them. But we got our hands on some and put them in the movie. Of course he's joking. <laughs> of course. That broke my heart as a child because I believed it. Because <laughs> Mattel, get this out, whose logo was featured, I bet they kind of regretted it because they found themselves absolutely overwhelmed with callers asking where they could buy a hoverboard <laughs> because Robert Zemeckis said, no, no, we, we, we got them. Uh, the hoverboards in actuality were wooden props attached to the actors and actresses' feet. To make the boards fly, the actors were suspended by cables, which were then erased in post-production. You could see that. This meant that Fox, Michael J. Fox, had to be carried around between takes of his scenes because <laughs> <laughs> he's like locked in there. I'd like to have seen him walk like the soldiers do in Toy Story. Yeah, back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Old Man Biff's watching the sequence, which, of course, is, is like almost a shot-for-shot shot remake. It is. Of um, the 1955 skateboard scene where he pulls the, the, the top off the skateboard. Yep. And he just goes, there's something very familiar about all this. And we find out that Marty makes a mistake. He goes and takes the hoverboard out on the water. And, you know, Thomas F. Wilson, who plays, he's just great. Don't you know? It wasn't even him. It was one of his cronies. Don't you know anything? Those boards not work on water. Water. <laughs> Unless you got power. Power. I'll say this. His, his, his 2015 version had a female gang member. I like that. Which we didn't see in 55. No, no, no. So, no, no. but she grabs him by like his groin earlier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And was like, you don't have no scrote. You don't have no scrote. I liked her. Feminism. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and so, um, then I want to know why do all the villains have their hoverboards? Were they expecting this? They're just hanging out in the car. I think a hoverboard. Maybe they were going skating. Maybe okay. Yeah, you know, it's just kids. Yeah, I think it's just the plot needed it to happen. No, well, yeah, especially because they all get theirs out, and then like Griff says, like a special case for it. Yeah, he does. Now Griff's always been represented, or Biff, you know, not as a rich kid, just kind of a bit of a tough kid actually. So it seems weird he had all the toys. All the toys in the nice car. Yeah. Yeah. Does seem odd. Um, and so Marty's about to get hit by, because there's this one, and it says, a, um, Griff's hoverboard says uh, Mad Dog, which I think, sorry, it says Pitbull, Pitbull, which I think is a reference to Mad Dog, which is who his character will be in the Later third on, one. Yeah. In the third one, he'd be his Mad Dog Tannen. I like his baseball bat. He's got the baseball bat, which extends. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Because that's what a baseball bat, how, do we, how can we futurize baseball bats? Somebody yeah. watches baseball, they're still pretty much just pieces of wood. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Marty then drops in the water, which is the biggest tell how I knew this wasn't actually 2015. Go on. Because no teenager is dropping themselves in the water because their phone's going to get fried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. They, they will take the baseball bat shot. Because <laughs> by 2015, we don't have those waterproof ones yet. No, not yet. Not quite. No, no, no. And so um, he gets out. Uh, the, the Griff goes flying into the courthouse, which, of course, changes the headline. And it's about how because now he, Griff can't force him to do the robbery, which wouldn't have worked. Da, 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 da. Did you know it's one of the guys that hit the post? Yeah. I never noticed that before until today. No, because I'm watching Griff. Yeah. Yeah. And so they get arrested for it. Uh, apparently crashing into the courthouse can get put in jail. Well, yeah. Like, really? Criminal damage. Is it, is it intentional? Well, probably not intentional, I mean, but... I mean, I mean, the attempted assault, I guess. Group assault, yeah. But, you know, that's still criminal damage. My question is, if they'd hit him, would he have they gone to jail? 
Because whichever justice system is really swift here. <laughs> yeah. Are they going to be okay with like grievous bodily harm? No. No. And so I tell you what I wanted. And it's going to make my short list of what technology I wanted to have. Go on. This drying jacket. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, but how jacket will be dry. Do you know what I mean? Huh? How did it dry his hair? Can I stand, well, my question is, like, stand the clothes. Is, like the shirt underneath it and all that, and his jeans? <laughs> like, I'm like, it's just the jacket that dries from what we saw. Yeah, but he also touches his hair. Yeah, that's true. You know, so. yeah. If it's the full outfit, that would be amazing. Yeah, it would be amazing. Parks. Yeah, you could do, like, you wouldn't have to make that choice of, do I want to go on, because it's hot, yeah, I do yeah. want to go on the water rides, but I don't know if I want to do that bit where I walk around sopping wet for an hour afterwards. <laughs> or am I that dork But if it's hot, that's not so bad. It, yeah. yeah but it's it's when you want to go in like autumn or spring and it's not really very hot but you still get soaked and it's like mm. <laughs> and this is where we find out what the cubs have beat miami in the world series that means nothing to me now, at the time because the cubs are a long hurting baseball franchise who had their own curse theoretically on them okay and they had won the world series in like 80 years or something like that so if you knew the backstory you'd understand that was, every american probably knows this oh okay yeah this is this would be a huge so the height of his 100 to one shot would put some money on the cubbies it's kind of like that how can we make things seem really outrageous i know what we'll do we'll have the cubs win the world series i kind of got it but yeah. i just didn't understand the backstory the big thing marty says but no but it's miami because miami didn't have a team Ah. By the time the movie, by the time 2015 comes, Miami has a team. Ah. They're not snakes; they're fish. They're the, 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 the Marlins. Yeah. But uh, interesting. And in 2015, the Cubs went on a run and almost, almost made it far enough to win the World Series. Which would, <laughs> so they almost they, predicted it. They won it the next year. <gasps> oh, <laughs> I, 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 that's the thing. I thought they won in 2015. No, they won in 2016. That yeah, that's cool. Such a shame. Every sports, every movie fan was rooting for for the Cubs to yeah. win because we're like, this would be amazing. Yeah, they couldn't have beat Miami because they were in the same side of the bracket yeah, in the yeah. final. But oh. still, the idea of it, like the Cubs could have, oh, that would have been so good. Oh yeah. Um, so um, and then he buys a sports almanac, which you saw earlier, and it predicts all the events from 1950 to 2000. I love the window he looks in. I. Yeah, it's got yeah, it's got the Roger Rabbit thing, yeah. which is another Robert Zemeckis thing. It's got like an old Macintosh computer in it. Jaws Annual, I think. Jaws Annual, yep. So my question is, how did Marty buy the almanac? Because he was given fifty bucks for a Pepsi and it cost him forty five to get it. Is this almanac going for five dollars? Unless it's just really old. I'm that- not being funny, but if you look at American money from the fifties and American money to now, it's not changed. It's not much difference, no. 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 So he might still have some money in his pocket. No, but the, the inflation is so massive. That was like one of my favorite jokes that everything's so expensive. He's like, because the guy who's up at the clock tower is like, can you spare a hundred bucks? Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. Which, true, is like, true. which is like, you know, it was, it was a quarter in 1955, you know, or 85, right? Maybe it was, it was vintage prices. And the taxi oh. later was like 177. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, 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 okay. it's insane. That is insane. So I think it's a slight plot hole. I'm like, where's the money for this? I think so. Um, Biff sees both, uh, both Marty and Doc. Um, the paper has changed. We see this. Let's like Jennifer go home. Well, the police have found Jennifer first. Uh, two police women. Two police women. Mm-hmm. Doc finds the almanac and is going to go throw it out when he sees Jennifer. Um, and then Biff gets the almanac and knows there's a time machine around because he remembers the last time he saw a flying DeLorean and he sees both Martys mm-hmm. and he puts two and two together and goes, this is the end of that. So, um, before we go any further that, let's go ahead and talk to a few more, or not talk to them, but let's hear from some more of our visitors, shall we? I love these, I love them. So, uh, we had two police officers, there's two people in our next clip, so let's hear from them. Hey, everybody, I am Nick, 
And I'm Russ. And we are the Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything podcast, wishing the best film ever podcast a great one-year anniversary. Yes. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, y'all. We love you guys. You do an awesome podcast, and uh, we look forward to hearing more reviews for the best film ever. And here's the next 20 years. So, uh, So spread the love lawfully. Wow. This is creeping up, isn't it? So we were told ten. Yelling. We were told ten. I think I think Nick just went, I see your ten and I raise you ten because yeah. it's twenty now. Wow. If we have someone else be like thirty, forty, yeah. fifty. <laughs> That's how I staged these. I was like, how can we get hurt? No. Um of course Nick and Russ joined us on our Bill and Ted episode. They did. Which was a fun episode. It was. It's a shame because we watched that, that to prep film. We watched it to prep us for uh for, for Back to the Future three, and that was that was rough. I think you mean no, Bill and Ted, Ted 3. What did I say? Back to the Future 3. Oh, no, no, no. Bill and Ted 3. Bill and Ted. Uh, too much uh, Face the Time, wasn't it? Face the Music? Face the Music. Yeah. Rub. I don't know God. why. It's, I think people were just so glad to be back in cinemas, but no. <laughs> I did more than that. That was rough. That was rough. Can we do a movie where someone saves cinema after that happens? <laughs> yeah, that was rough. saving music. Jeez. I will say this live on air. I will never, ever, ever watch that film again. No, me either. I felt like I'd wasted half my life. Okay, what? two hours of my life. <laughs> 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 uh, it was bad. Never it was again. that long a film. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Let's just say, but, but we we appreciate Nick and Russ watching the first Bill and Ted with us. I'll still at the first Bill Thank and you, Ted. Nick and Russ. There we go. Thanks, boys. Always always a good time. Uh, next person up. Um, I don't have a pithy introduction besides. Mm. I'm just really interested in, in hearing this one. Um, recorded not on their usual recording day, so I really really appreciated the, a special bonus recording session to help us out. Cool. Hey, this is Ray from Not Before Coffee. I'd just like to congratulate the guys over at Best Film Ever for a fantastic first year. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what you come up with for the next one. Oh, Short and sweet, got in, got out. Yeah. Didn't say 50 more years. Only said one year. <laughs> Only said Only one more year. The next year. Ray does some really, not just movie reviews, does movie reviews, but when they do, it's like this, it's, it's this really quirky kind of stuff that we probably wouldn't do. Yeah. month right now isn't she pardon me she's doing the chris evans she's doing a chris right evans month right now it's really good it is really good i love and her. so if you're wanting yourself a little chris evans it seems like most, certain podcasters have like those people who they just love and I, I think ray's kind of kind of just appreciates the acting talents of one mr chris evans she's got a lovely bubbly personality it's a great her. voice yeah it's not people often say hey, that's a great voice and, and just a really good personality for a podcast absolutely so, Love absolutely her. and then let's do one more shall we and happy 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 birthday best film ever how <laughs> has it been a year since you began with old mics and that old sound desk oh how you have grown and what an amazing thing you have here. I've listened to every minute you have broadcast and you've made me laugh, cry, scream and shout. I've now watched films I never would have. I know much more about films that I never will watch. And I am so grateful to be part of this great community you have created. Thank you for having me on several occasions as a guest, as it has been great to be involved. And I look forward to sharing the mic with you again sometime soon. I am so proud of everything you guys have done and achieved over the past year, and I can't wait to find out what more is to come. And I am truly honoured to be a friend of Best Film Ever. Ian, Liam, Ellie, Ethan and Georgia, I love you. Have a very happy birthday. See you on the flippity flip-flop. 
<laughs> I love that. Thank you, Debbie. Thank that you, was Debbie. great. That was. And I'm actually holding in my hand here. I tweeted that out. Uh, we got we got a uh, a, a birthday, birthday card. card in the post. It's Aww. Back to the Future themed. It's got a DeLorean on the front. It says, "Oh right, I'm, I'm holding up to the wrong camera there." So it says, uh, "Jumping gigawatts," and it's got the best film ever. And then there's a nice little inside. It's uh, from the good people at Moonpig.com. You can't really read that because it's, no, it's it's more of a light settings than anything else. But it, it does read. It does read. Uh, happy birthday! Here's to the next year from Debbie and Richard. So thank, thank you very you much, guys. And uh, and uh, yeah, and Debbie, who's asked me on a couple times, and maybe something in the works. Absolutely, maybe something. No, no, I'm saying that because I know. Oh yes, I know, and Debbie knows, but Ooh, no one else knows. I so, know. To be to be later I to be later to be concluded. <laughs> <laughs> we will leave that there, and we'll pick it back up here. So uh, the cops take Jennifer home, and when she's taken home by the two female police officers, it looks like great pains were taken to conceal the identity of one officer. This would be the white actress. It was a white actress and a black actress. Yeah, this is because uh, her face is kept in the dark, and her cap is even where the bills hide in her eyes. That's because the character. So the actress playing Officer Reese was Mary Ellen Trainer, who was Robert Zemeckis' wife at the time. That's cool. A little nepotism, but it's all right. It's not yeah, like it's a huge part. No, no, I'm okay with that. Hey, if I was the same, I'd do like, it. like it's not like when Spielberg cast his wife as like the female lead in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Did Wait, he? that was his wife. That's his wife. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I hate that film even more. Like, I, I hate, and, I, and I hate her performance in it too. Like, I it's, have no it's, idea. That's why she gets the. That's why in the opening, it's all about her singing, and it's not about yeah, Indiana yeah. Jones. Everything makes so uh, much. Oh, it was brutal. I've, I've hated Willie, and that just is that brutal. yeah, brutal. Oh, uh, no idea. So, um, and then I'll tell you a really cool thing though. They, they let her in, and the lights are off. And I guess you should program your lights. Like you could do with Alexa, right? You could mm-hmm. sort of have it programmed. So yeah. smart lights. You have smart lights. It's totally believable. It's clever how they got them to turn on. <laughs> well, she goes, you know, you should say you should say lights on. She goes, lights on, and the lights top on because yeah, it knows her, her voice. voice. That was clever. Very clever. I thought that was great. And so, 2015 living, uh, they don't get the LCD TV figured out. It's just some sort of screen that looks almost like. Remember when the TVs were big and the like the picture quality was terrible as yeah. a result. Mm-hmm. It looked like that, but they did get the idea about having like six or eight channels on at once. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And then you could have like a, a nature channel, <laughs> yeah. which you could totally have. I mean, they it probably you the mind span of a child at that time, yeah, doesn't it? It's probably more like YouTube now, but you couldn't yeah, have imagined yeah. YouTube. I mean, that's that's like no. unlimited channels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we find out they got married in the chapel of love, <laughs> which maybe suggests a bit shotgun. Is yeah, that what the like, suggestion? Like, like, like Vegasy, wasn't it? Is is the, is the suggestion here that it was like a shotgun wedding because well, you got her pregnant? That's how I got. That's how I took it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well. Marty Jr. is what, like a teenager? Oh, hang on. It's 30 years in the future. Yeah, yeah, Marty's only a teenager. Darlene's about the same. Darlene? Is that her name? Darlene, Marlene. right? Marlene. Marlene. Yeah, that's it. Marty, so they Marlene. Would, they yeah. would have had like one of, one of them around about, what, like 30 years old-ish? Yeah, no, I don't know what. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Don't know. Maybe it's just the fact that he's a kind of a loser, as we find I, out. I think it's just because he's very down on his luck. And yeah. yeah, and can afford it. And we re-meet Grandma Lorraine, played by Leah Thompson. In Let's hear, when I know we're not doing the proper age game because we got other stuff going on today and we've already done this film. How old do you think Lorraine's character is supposed to be at this point? 80? 80? Okay. No. 62? I was going to say 70. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, she must be like 80. 78. Yeah. Wow, wow. 78 years old. And that's the same for Biff and the same for yeah, George. Yeah. 
um there's and i'll tell you what like jennifer's hiding in the in the closet and we have like it's like lorraine went someone's in the in the closet can you or someone's in the rain someone's in the closet can you please give the most expositional conversation <laughs> well you know your father's always had a hard time people called him chicken it's like that time when he was a teenager and he had gotten that car accident with that rolls royce ever since then he's just been so down on his luck i really wish people could learn about not doing shit i'm like this is rough yeah like this is surely a conversation that would have been had and you wouldn't need to have in full no no you'd be like he's you know him and chicken he's, he doesn't learn it'd be more frustration than it would be like this really calm expositional speech <laughs> i guess you had to get this information across i think there's better ways yeah there could be something like surely you've got this this video document thing that tells you like you know who the person is how old they are what the relationship is you could have a file that could have said half his stuff yeah that she just finds so some ID screen or something like that. Yeah. I think it would have made more sense if it's the conversation with Needles since he would have been the fault yeah. of the car crash anyway. Yeah. And so uh, tons of position, broken hand. He doesn't play music anymore because that's the reason why he's not successful because he couldn't do he his couldn't music a, anymore. He couldn't be a musician, no. Meet George McFly, who's not played by Crispin Glover. The big change. Do you know? Is it Christian a... Slater this time? No. no. <laughs> do you know, as a kid, I generally thought that was him. And that's, that's the, that was the problem. As a kid. Because it is so well done. Yeah, upside during, down. That's going to look different anyway. During the early stages of production, Crispin Glover was coming around to the idea of appearing in the film. Bob Gale tried to sweeten the offer by offering him double what he made in the first film and also offered him the role of Seamus McFly in Back to the Future 3. Cool. Which cool. eventually would be played by Michael J. Fox. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. Uh, who does a good job in that one. That's what, Out of the ones he does double up on, that's my favorite one he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glover responded by hiring new agents and they demanded more money. So... He had been outspoken about the first film. Yeah. He did not like the ending because he didn't like that Marty gets rewarded with a truck. Okay. And therefore, the right thing isn't worth doing because it's the right thing. It's that he's monetarily rewarded for it. I might counter by going, Mr. Glover, with all due respect, Marty isn't aware he's going to be financially rewarded for it. No. So the audience, the audience just learns that, I guess... Because everybody's life got better. Like, the family has more money. The house yeah. looks like it's nicer. They're in yeah. better outfits. You know what I mean? Like, there's all these rewards he's that are with the book, the book he? deal, and he's, yeah. he sees a success. It, it just felt very hypocritical. So not in it jail did. Anymore as well. The uncle and the aunt aren't in it because they couldn't get the aunt because she was pregnant in real life. And so when they couldn't get her, they thought there's no point in getting the brother and having to explain away the sisters. They just didn't cast them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the reason for that. Why would you demand more when they've already said that you double? Well, I think it's the... Here we go. The principal actors and actresses are committed to the sequels before any scripts were written, I guess in some standard language in a contract. Okay. Uh, however, there was a stumbling block because Crispin Glover was stated a monetary amount less than half of what Leah Thompson and Thomas F. Wilson were being paid to return. So I guess the question is, they might have paid you double what you made in the first, but are they making four times what they got in the first? Oh, okay. Do you see what I'm saying? But he didn't really have that much in it. Well... The question is, would that have changed the writing of the script? Oh, okay. Okay. So, Glover believed this was due to what I said previously, uh, causing the script. Uh, during sequel negotiations, his agent refreshed the producers that Glover wanted fair compensation in addition to a script approval clause in his contract. Look, if, if you get a chance to listen to Crispin Glover, like the guy's, he's a very smart man, mm-hmm. but he's also, uh, I'd say, eccentric maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? It like, comes across as a bit eccentric. And going script approval, like, no, what, that, that, that's, that's a bit of a loaded gun to give someone. To give, it's not like it's Mar- if it's Michael J. Fox, maybe. But even then you wouldn't. May, if, it's, if it's that or you can't get him, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Like, I'm sure Tom Cruise has a script approval rights in all of his, in all of his, script, in all of his movies. I'm sure he does. 
Yeah, but yeah. I think everyone who's been the creative side should be different to the actors. Well, I, I, I agree. You know what I mean? That's not how it. But I can see, I can see them buckling to him. Yeah. I can't see them buckling to Crispin Glover. No, no. As, as he found out. <laughs> so after Glover turned down the offer of what he claims was one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Okay, that's what he claimed on a, on a Howard Stern interview. Gale rewrote the sequel script to lessen George McFly's screen time, and a guy called Jeffrey Weissman was cast as George and using molds of Glover, molds of Glover made on the set. Wow. So we take his actual physical likeness. He was dressed in facial prosthetics to look like him, and they tricked this by showing him upside down at a distance or with sunglasses on, always, yeah. um, to fool audiences like yourself yeah. into believing it Glover works. had taken part. Yeah. Crispin Glover sued the filmmakers as he had not granted permission to use his likeness. Mm. Uh, Crispin's suit named uh, John Doe, one to a hundred as defendants, where he did not have to name all the individuals he was suing. Crispin ended up dropping the lawsuit, but it was settled out of court for over three quarters of a million dollars by Universal's insurance company, who decided it'd be cheaper to pay him than go to trial because of what they would have actually ended up losing on top of that. They would have lost him. The Screen Actors Guild subsequently introduced new rules about illicit use of an actor's likeness. But not only that, he actually was in the second one because they used footage now, from the first. Now, I think that they can get away with. Okay. Because it was stuff that they'd shot. It was footage they'd shot. Now, yeah. by, by going back to the 50s, you can kind of sneakily get away with some of that. Okay. But it's still not... If you add that in combination with the other stuff, you're going, no, you have to be in it. I saw him at the dance. Yeah. Right as rain. He might have mm-hmm. been upside down, but I saw him there. <laughs> right as rain. Yeah. Right, as, right as Lorraine. Right as Lorraine. <laughs> Um, and so Wait, is that then someone the, else like for the photo on the newspaper? I was say the only exception you can clearly see yeah. the difference is on the newspaper where he says he's died. Yeah, that's clearly not Crispin Glover. No, he no. he looks familiar though. That would be the Weissman guy I was talking oh, about. Okay. I don't know what he's from. So we meet old Marty McFly, as in like fifty-year-old Marty McFly, or I guess he's supposed to be like forty-seven, maybe at this point. I think Around that. I hope in six years I look better than that. Yeah, same. Yeah, <laughs> um, he says he says to his kid, "I'm going to watch. You know, you're watching a little TV for a change." I'm going to say that in a generation now, where kids hide in their rooms and just go on their phones, mm-hmm. it's almost like you're being a bit nostalgic for. I miss the good old days. They just sat in front of a TV in the family room all day. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's wearing two ties. That is that was so, yeah. so so weird. That is weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then outside, uh, young Marty gets curious. He's in the DeLorean, was told to stay put, because if he meets himself, it could cause a time shift paradox and destroy the universe. Cause a paradox in the space-time continuum. Yep. And uh, as he gets out of the car, like, he doesn't go in, nor does he pay enough attention to realize Biff's stealing the time machine. And why wouldn't you shut the door and lock the car? It's, it's, a, it's really strange. Yeah. It's really strange. Especially when we see, like, it's graffitied, the yeah. neighborhood they're in. It's yeah. like, it's not a good neighborhood. No. But you wouldn't do that just with a regular car in that neighborhood, or nope. any neighborhood for that matter. Especially but if you know since- you've got a time machine, come on. Yep. Especially since Stock even has that moment where it's like, I think that taxi cab was following us. Yeah, yeah, he does. Like, that's right. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just leave <sighs> it. <alone. It's> fine. <laughs> so, Biff steals a time machine. He doesn't know how to drive, but he somehow figures out how to work the time machine part of it. Yeah. That and struck to go me back as unbelievable. To the specific date as well. Like you figure out how to move everything and know where the time's already programmed in. The fifty-five one wasn't. No, no, no. That there one wasn't. That, there is that line later on, I guess, where Doc's like, it just sometimes like changes Glitches. back to a different thing. Yeah, because yeah. that glitch that is seen. Is yeah. But he goes, goes back, back with purpose. He's a plan. Yeah, he has the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, back inside, nobody beats the hut. 
because the motivation for the scene with an automatic hydrating oven in the future was due to product placement needs with Pizza Hut sponsorship. Pizza Hut provided a professional food stylish and pizza kitchen to be the set of the future McFly house to make hot, attractive pizzas for each take. <laughs> I might have faked a couple of flubs to Me make sure too. the pizza. <laughs> Me too. pizza that being today. said, I'm not yeah. sure it was that appealing. Like the pepperoni side looked good, but the other half, I'm like, why is this? Is like green pepper. Is, it, pepper. is, it, is it just one pizza? Like, surely, for Pizza Hut, you want to make like five pizzas because yeah. you want people to buy multiple pizzas. Today, if you had a Pizza Hut commercial, it wouldn't be the family sharing one pizza. Everybody would have their own. Absolutely. Every, I guess it's every kind combination of all, you can think of. Because like, you know what's better than selling one pizza? Selling six. Selling six pizzas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do like that joke though, where like I think it's Lorraine has like the teeny tiny little de- uh, unhydrated pizza, yeah. And I think it's Marlene's like, oh, that's a big lot. That's of a pizza. big pizza. That's a big pizza. Yeah. And then I think it's Marty who goes, "Mom, you sure know how to hydrate a pizza." <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we meet Needles. Did you know who Needles was? Flea from yes! the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I did not know this. Did you not? Yeah, Needles is Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers, yeah. also known as the Naked Guy in Red Hot Chili Peppers. He's yeah. He's I did so not know distinctive. this. Is he in the first one? Yeah. Is he like a friend of Marty's? Is he? No, they're they're opposing sides. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So they don't they don't get uh, on. Flea was touring with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and according to him, flew really far away to film his scenes and slept for two hours the night before. Flea shot his scenes in one day and then flew back to the tour of the next night or that night. Flea said that so much of the time was a blur, save for the fact that he lost a sweater his grandmother knitted for him on the way to Aww, shooting his scenes. That's very <laughs> rock and roll, isn't it? <laughs> Other than seeing the premiere, he hasn't seen the trilogy since. Oh, okay. But Needles talks him to doing some illegal crap by calling him chicken. I guess we had to see it in in real life. And I just his, feel like he was set up here. Yeah, and his boss FaceTimes him. So they got that part yeah, right. Yeah, they, they did, got that yeah. part right. And but then he goes, Oh my god, I'm literally tapping out. They got that part right. He goes, Read my facts. I'm like, they got that one wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no more facts today. And why do you need five fax machines in the house? Like if you're coming across if you have any like sensitive materials being which is like a fax would do. Yeah. Like you don't want it printed out in the closet not, like not your not mother to find in the kitchen. No. And he's what's about? Oh, it's just a joke. It's a joke. And while he's sitting there, he's trying to play the guitar at one point. And he's playing it badly. Isn't he? He's playing it badly. He's playing part of the main riff of "Power of Love" by Huey Lewis in the News, which of course was the I theme song. That's cool. You wouldn't know because a he's playing it poorly, but even more importantly, the guitar is out of tune. Yeah. Which I guess if you can't play it for an untuned ear like myself, you could still tell, tell that was an un, um, out tune. Yes. Yeah, and so the guitar he was playing was an early Paul Reed Smith standard, which was fairly rare during to a limited production at the time. Cool. Jennifer is trying to leave, and as she tries to leave, the future version of herself comes in. They both go, I'm so... And apparently, according to my research, people have a hard time distinguishing what they're saying. It's either young or old. Yeah, the one's clearly... Yeah, the the old one young, is saying, I'm so old. young, and, and the, the young one's saying, I'm so, so old. old. Yeah. yeah, I didn't really get the point of that. Do you know what I loved about this scene? How they both fell like the same but opposite yeah but if you think about like the, the, the requirements of it's just really it's never one where it's just really well done it was so mirrored and so well done yeah uh, although that's the whole thing it's again physical appearance right women are not getting a good shake in this film <laughs> uh, goodbye Biff somewhat because after Biff gets his cane stuck in the DeLorean upon returning in 2015 he starts to thrash around in pain apparently having a hard time from the exertion the theory is what's happening to him is what the threat was what was going to happen to Marty in the first film he's being faded out of existence there is a deleted scene which I have seen I did where he completely why. disappears in front of the um, Hilldale sign yeah oh okay. he fades out of existence because i can never understand why he was feeling the way he was feeling uh even as a kid and i thought he was having a heart attack i guess they thought it was too dark 
Oh, okay. To have him fade out of existence. I'm like, actually, it explains why it this is happening. Because he just I sort of disappears. A, we don't know. I have a memory of that. Yeah. Where, like, I, th- I thought it was. Is that. Is, does he disappear like 1955 or something? Or is no, that- he disappears in front of the Hilldale sign in 2015. He gets out of the car, oh. literally crawls off to the side and disappears so that when Marty and Doc come back, he's gone because he's faded out of his existence. Because mm-hmm. obviously he's changed his life, so he can't exist now in 2015. Yeah. But on the flip side, neither can the rest of everything, yet no one else is moving. Exactly, yeah. So it's, maybe that's why they want it. It's a bit too... Because i got a few questions about the logic of the time travel here. I... <laughs> um, <laughs> So at that point, uh, Doc says he's going to dismantle the time machine. He's going to study women, uh, the other great mystery of the universe. <laughs> I love that. And he regret- that did make me laugh. He, re- <laughs> he regrets not going back to the old West. And it was at this point, Liam, you noticed something about his costume. Yeah, I'd never noticed before. His shirt had trains on it. Yeah, it's tr- which is, of course, is a bit of a foreshadow to number three. Yeah. So there we go. That's cool. So I think it's time now. We've, we've kind of tipped over the middle part, but let's go ahead. I think we've got some more party guests to go ahead and see. Yeah. So next up, just I'm just really, I'm really humbled about we had all these people oh, who've gone up. I am so humbled. This is so Amazing. great. But here we go. Next up. I'm Agent Scott. And I'm Cam the Provocateur. And we're from the Spy Hearts podcast. That's right. And we have received some critical intel. Indeed we have. We would like to wish the Best Film Ever podcast a very happy first birthday. We hope it will take them to an all-time high. That's right. We want you to take on the world and win. So happy birthday, guys. Hopefully we'll be rappelling down from the ceiling into your podcast very soon. Where's my safety harness? (laughs) (laughs) Live recording. There is no safety harness. Love the guys at Spy Hearts Podcast. Where we're going, we don't need safety harness. That's right. (laughs) I would love to get them on. They are also a a transatlantic review podcast. We heard heard a British voice, and I think it's an American voice on the other side of that one. That's cool. And um, I was listening. They were actually on PodVCom earlier uh, in the the weekend. And so they did a, a sort of a top eight spy versus spy tournament. Ooh. For 45 minutes and sort of find out who the final spy was. I'm going to leave that there because anybody wants to check it out. Odd VCOM or the V stands for virtual. virtual. Yeah, so they do, they do a great job. I'd love to get together and do something. Uh, I, the, 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 they live on two different continents. So it's really amazing how they're able to get together. It, does, it, yeah. it does cause some scheduling <laughs> things when you try and put all that together. Yeah. But I would love to do something with Spy Hards uh, during, the, um, during, the, during the upcoming year. We'll figure something. We'll figure something. Or twenty. Yeah. Or twenty. Apparently, 20 we've got twenty years. to go ahead and do. So uh, next, <laughs> Jeez, next up, who sixty? Who? Well, jeez, don't even. No, don't even go there. Whoa. Next up, <laughs> we'll just hang you upside down. You'll look. We, 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 we can we can recast you. <laughs> Let's see who else is at the party here. Well, hello, podcast friends. It's Dawn with the Even the Score podcast here to wish the best film ever podcast a happy first birthday. It seems like only yesterday you were talking Back to the Future and Amelie, and look at you now, all grown up and sounding fantastic. Seriously, though, your podcast is amazing. The analysis you bring to the movies you talk about, the laughs, all of it is just fantastic. Keep up the amazing work. We really look forward to this time next year and every year moving forward to celebrate such a fantastic milestone. We really love listening, and I'm sure your listeners are just as happy to keep on tuning in every single episode. So cheers on the first birthday, and here's to many more. 
Oh, what a voice there! Yeah, that's great. And their their pod's fantastic. They do stuff on like cartoon theme songs and all that sort of that's stuff. Cool. But it's cool. even the scores. The scores in music, right? Yeah, so like yeah. just just great stuff. That's very cool. Great stuff. So uh, and then uh, one more before we uh, we go back into it. Someone who's been very very um, positive on the pod, and uh, we've never actually had a chance to hear. So next up. What's going on, everyone? This is Julene from It Goes Down in the PM, and I would like to wish the folks at Best Film Ever Podcast a happy, happy birthday. Congratulations on one year of amazing content, and may you have many, many more. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Best Film Ever Pod. Happy (laughs) birthday to you. Thanks, Julie. Yeah, thank you. Julene probably racks us about a hundred times a week. Oh. I kid you not. Like thank my, my, my so Twitter much. blows up and I just see has recommended you, has recommended you, has recommended you, has recommended you. So You should be LPR. Julene. <laughs> I'd gl- I'd be glad to hand it off to somebody else. <laughs> it should be LPR, because she also tactfully said many more years. Many more without without specifying the sound. With a beautiful singing voice, too. That's right. Julene. 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 There we go. That was brilliant. You know you've made it when you get like a theme song for Absolutely. You. So there yeah. we go. Julene has one now. You're one of us now. One of us. That's that's like super friend of the podcast status <laughs> yeah. when you get a song. When you get a song. If so, anybody deserves it, she does. Uh, back to this here. So... Uh, they get back to Hill Valley in 1985 and they go, we need to drop Jennifer off and they drop her off. And I'm like, is this really, Marcy, is this really safe? And he goes, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. She'll wake up in the morning. You can come back and get her. It'll be fine. He goes, okay. And then as he walks, he goes, I wonder if there'd been bars on these windows. It's not just bars. If you look to the left in the driveway, there's a smashed up car. Oh, is there really? <laughs> yeah. And everything looks a bit dingy and broken and you would know. So like I said, yeah, these were both shot two and three at the same time. So as soon as this scene ended, they just waited a couple hours for it to get light. And then they filmed the scene in Back to the Future 3 where he wakes her up on, the, on that same bench. Ah, clever. Because you may as well, you right? Might, yeah. So uh, then Marty then sneaks into his house and there's another family in his house. Uh <sighs> Again, heavily features Michael Jackson posters. He- heavily features Michael Jackson posters. I'll say this: I didn't like. I didn't like that it was a poor neighborhood. And so, what happens? He goes to a black family's house. Yeah. And the actor in question calls him "sucker" a couple times. He does. And I'm just like, oh, jeez. It doesn't it's, age. it's every trope. Yeah, it does. I mean, the idea about you know we couldn't just have a poor white family. I, I shouldn't like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, we have Goldie Wilson, who's the mayor of Hill Valley, but outside of that, Hill Valley is pretty white. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then for this case, we'll have it run down. We'll have black people live there. Yeah. I didn't like that. Again, it's, it's looking through these eyes now, isn't it? Like, yeah, there's no, there's no way that decision gets made now. No, 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 no. no. So there was that. Um, and I don't know if you noticed, because he says, you tell him we're not going to be intimidated. And there's Biff's logo on every realty sign up and down that street. Yeah, there is. Like it, was Biff's, it was Biff's logo. Yeah. There is. You're trying right. to build something, isn't he? There and he, they're the ones stopping him. Yeah, very, very, very much so. And they're the ones who are trying to hold out. So you know, they're not, they're not, it's not a bad representation of who they are as people. I just hated the fact that we went. Let's have them be poor in a crime-ridden neighborhood. I know. Well, let's cast a black family. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so 
Um, Marty then, I mean, Hill Valley sucks. <laughs> like, here's a bit where he stops in the sign as he wanders through, and it's yeah. like, like, this is like if Mad Max took place in, like, a city rather than the desert. Like, it's this place is graffiti. rough. Like, the I in Hill Valley says Hell Valley. Me, so it's Hell yeah. Valley. I was yeah. like, that's cute. That's yeah. nice. Well, then we meet Mr. Strickland. Cute. Who's not Mr. Strickland? He's just I don't know. Well, I guess he's he Mr. Is Strickland. He's Strickland. He's, yeah, he, he I was gonna say he's not, he's not a teacher anymore. He's, he's like not, school isn't yeah. Yeah. And he goes, I've never seen you before in my life, but you look like a slacker. And he's like, Yes, I am a slacker because <laughs> he steals Strickland's newspaper to make sure it's the right year. And then he's gonna shoot Marty in the um, testicles um, <laughs> if he doesn't get out of his way. And rather than rather than just leave, Marty's like trying to talk his way out of it. Yeah. I, I think I'd be running. If you give me the count of three, I'll leave. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'll instead down. But thankfully, him. he's saved by other people who are trying to shoot Strickland. Do you reckon that ex school pupils? No, because the school burnt down eight years ago or whatever. I no, just think but they say Strickland. They know him. What? They can know him for different reasons. I, I felt like they were. I thought they were like ex students. Really? I, ex -students. I, don't, I don't think so. That's, what, that's how I felt. They went, let's wait eight years. And then six, we'll get back. Six. Six years. So wait, six years. <laughs> no, but they probably did this. It's obviously a common occurrence because common came yeah. out with his, with oh, his bullet vest and his Okay, I agree with you, but it's going to be that common because his house didn't have bullet holes in it like it did after they walked well, no, by. but this is probably the progression of... <laughs> All right. You know. If you're out there, let us know. Do you think they were ex-students or not? I hope I, I hope my pupils like, won't hold a grudge oh, for that no, long. They're, they're trying to show you a bad <laughs> version of this universe, aren't they? Yes, they are. I and they do that. It's their nightly drive-by. Yeah. Which makes me wonder, did they shoot Jennifer? Because she's outside. Oh, Jennifer, yeah. It's a, if we stay with Jennifer in 1985, God knows. In 1985A, <laughs> what has happened to her? I don't want to think about that. They leave her a lot, don't they? Yeah, they do. <laughs> in not safe situation. Like, this is slightly better than throwing her in the garbage, but not much. <laughs> Sorry, Ellie, what's that? Be worse. Marty's Marty such a bad boyfriend. I think the problem is that Marty's in love with someone, but his name is 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 Doctor Emma Brown. <laughs> he cares way more about making Doc happy than about making he Jennifer does. happy. He does. Yeah. Um, and so, which made sense when his dad was a weakling. So I guess I mean it's not going to be fixed overnight because it's not. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is back to my theory about the uh, Back to the Future. Like, shouldn't he have like somehow inherited his his new Marty's perspective? But new Marty's got like pre fix memories. Yeah. So like, I think new Marty ended up going back to like original Marty's time. So instead of having a cool dad, he just got a wimpy dad. And instead of having a wimpy dad, original Marty has a cool dad. Yeah, but the theory being that when we just go back to 1955 for a minute, when he, in the first film, when he fixes everything, he shouldn't remember his mom being an alcoholic. No. He shouldn't remember his dad. He should have been much like 2015 Biff disappears yeah. to make way for a different year. Like Marty's the 1985, which we're told is 1985 proper. No, the first 1985 A is 1985 that Marty fixes by changing his dad into a cool guy. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he should have disappeared like Biff does. And he shouldn't remember anything that happened in that. He shouldn't remember anything from original timeline, 1985, where mom's an alcoholic. No. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things where I'm going, like, don't be wrong. It's, it's almost impossible to write a, a time it travel is, movie that doesn't have these problems. But the, I've got a few of these as we go through where I'm like, but this doesn't make any sense here. No. Um, so uh, we meet the one and only Biff Tannen making Hill Valley great again. I say that because... <laughs> His 1985 incarnation was loosely inspired by Donald Trump. <laughs> You're kidding. You I never this. would have guessed. Yes. <laughs> slick back hair. And Lorraine's was based on Tammy Faye Baker. And Tammy Faye Baker was a TV evangelist 
in the United States who she and her husband like defrauded. They, they came up with some sort of like religious like theme park resort. Okay. And the theory was you could give money to it and that would guarantee you, a, I'm speaking loosely, but it could guarantee you a room in this in this place. Okay. And they misappropriated all the funds and like, you know, the dog had like literally a million dollar dog house and stuff like this. Wow. That's right. They like basically found, founded like a cult of people and told them if they gave them enough money, they'd get into heaven. It's it like, not it's, that. It wasn't that. No, it was still like Christian, it was still like typical like there are people who do that but this wasn't this this was just this was just defrauding people of of their money in the name of regular god yeah yeah, yeah. and so they took this money and they were were found out and uh as a side story years later when i was in phoenix i actually met jim baker jim and tammy fay jim and tammy fay had divorced wow as a result of everything that went down. Yeah. And Jim had remarried. And I, I was living in Phoenix, and it was very, very early. And uh, I was um, Jim's new wife. Uh, I forget what her name was. Her father had passed. And so the church I was going to at the time, they said, hey, we're, we're all going to go support this. So we'd appreciate it. So we all went, yeah, okay, great. You know, whatever. So me and my roommates, we all got dressed up and off. We went to this funeral, we, we're, which is really weird because we're to go to a funeral when you don't know the person who's deceased. Yeah, and you, you don't really know the per- the people who were the family. But I was kind of going, I might get to see Jim Baker, <laughs> which was kind of this weird thing for me. And so then I, I walk in. And as we walked in, I mean, you know, they called him Daddy Bob. The guy who died, Daddy Bob. Yeah. And uh, the problem is Daddy Bob's friends are all like 85 years old themselves. So they were just looking for people to be pallbearers and carry a coffin. Uh, so they okay. go, do you mind? Oh. And I'm like, kind of like the Chinese food story. I said a couple, uh, was it last week or something like that? Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. It was kind of like the thing where I was like the smallest guy of the ape. And I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll come. I was in pretty good shape when I got to Phoenix. Then I met a, a guy who managed a McDonald's and that kind of changed that. <laughs> but, but I was in pretty good shape at the start. But so we go ahead and we, we go ahead and we take the coffin down and all that stuff. And I look beside, uh, comes up to me and goes, I really appreciate you doing this. And I turn around, it's Jim Baker. Wow. Who's talking to me? And the I'm just like, you want to see. I'm like, I'm like, don't, don't mention the, don't mention the fraud. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, oh, okay, cool beans. So I'm like, oh, I met, met Jim, but I met Jim Baker. So I'm, I'm dead serious because I watched some like A and E biography on him. And so we, we had that. And literally the end of the year, I'm at a wedding, right? I'm, yeah. I'm at a wedding in Los Angeles and I'm sitting there. No, not Los Angeles. I'm in Phoenix. My bad. But I'm in Phoenix. I'm at this wedding between people who I did know. <laughs> and uh, they're getting married. And I sit down. And all of a sudden, I hear from the side, probably a lot warmer here than it is for you back in Canada. And I look over, and it's Jim Baker. So not only was I, he remembered. Somehow, yeah. I came up a conversation. I was from Canada. And that was his entry point to the conversation. And I'm just like, just me and Jim Baker hanging out. Wow. <laughs> so the, anyway, back to this. The woman who he divorced, who she was the first person I ever heard of who got like tattooed makeup. Oh, okay. It was like oh. Tammy Faye. So, yeah, and that's what Lorraine is based off of. This is kind of a concept here. Cool. Uh, we set up the third movie because it shows us Mad Dog Tannen. It does. And that, of course, is Thomas F. Wilson in the character, in, in the makeup and the character design. He will be in the third movie. So, he we is. actually see him in like five different incarnations in this film. That's cool. Yeah. And so uh, he says that he was the luckiest man on earth. And this is the way to do the exposition. Just do a little video biography outside of his own museum that celebrates him. Uh, Bifko, he had early marriages to, if you noticed, Jane Mansfield and Marilyn Monroe Monroe. (laughs) before Lorraine, who was the love of his life. And then Marty starts freaking out once he sees it's it's his mother, who's his wife. And uh, three stooges grab me. Well, it was the hard way or the easy way. And they pop him on the head and go, the easy way. (laughs) 
Um, we redo the 1955 scene where you find out that it's his 19. You're good and safe here in 1955. Yeah. And this time you're good and safe here up on the 27th floor. There's <laughs> 27th floor. And then you, you sort of sits up with a start and mom's wearing a very revealing shirt. She is. And a really bad breastplate. It is, a, it is a really bad breastplate. It is. So bad. And that chain necklace that is obviously hiding. To like, disguise that, the, yeah. The line. so good. After production wrapped, Leah Thompson took home the prosthetic of Lorraine's breast implants from 1985A. <laughs> As it was a mold of her real chest, she didn't want it falling into the wrong hands, which it totally could. Yeah, with yeah. the internet being what it is now, can you imagine, like we talk about what the, what the Pepsi Perfect goes for. Can you imagine what the breastplate from... I know. Oh, jeez. Oh. It'll be all sorts of stuff. You've made the breast of that one. Uh, I did find some uh, actual authentic un- unbroken seal uh, Pepsi Perfect and? bottles. They're about 250. 250 pounds? Yeah, two, yeah. 350. I really yeah, want one, okay. but I can't justify that. No. But it's still, still with Pepsi in those yep, ones, like cool. still in the seal. Yeah. George McFly is Five dead. Pepsi. <laughs> George McFly is dead, and this is done because Crispin Glover. Yeah. This is what you do. You just write him out. Yep. So, okay. And Doc's been institutionalized. So Marty can't run into himself and Doc can't run into himself because Marty's other version is in Switzerland. Doc's other version is in um the asylum. Asylum. To which point my question is then, where's the other Marty McFly from nineteen eighty five legit? Because when Marty went back to nineteen eighty five, he should be running into another version of himself. Yeah, you're true. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Man, this is confusing. There's the bag and the cane inside the DeLorean. Why hasn't the cane disappeared? Because if Biff can't exist, then his cane... But the, same exi- the same logic. If Biff doesn't exist, then his cane can't exist. I guess things that you leave in the past or future can be found to change things, can't they? Well, That's Biff's why. body can't be found. His clothing disappeared with him. You know how in the TARDIS, mm. like, you can remember things happen if time changes? Nah, Maybe it's some kind of thing like that. <laughs> this is lame. We have not been told that the, the time machine, no. The DeLorean's not magic. No, it's not. It's not the TARDIS. The DeLorean is not magic. No. Oh, I, I think I just won that with, like, a really quick statement. <laughs> yes! I was just coming up with ideas. No, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame yeah, you. Yeah, but yeah. I'm just sitting here going, why is this the case? Um, they need to go back to before uh, where... They need to go back to a Genesis point. Where did this start off? And so in a minute, they're going to go back, but they're like, how can we find out where it started? Marty says, I'll ask him. Um, they're, Biff's in the hot tub watching, I think it's a fistful of dollars. Yeah, one of them. Uh, isn't yeah. It? Yeah. Which foreshadows film three because it's the exact scene with the with, with, the, with the steel plate. Yeah. Um, and Clint again. And there's Biff with two women in the hot tub and they're topless and uh, they had problems with the scene because it kept making Thomas F. Wilson's Biff makeup fall off. <laughs> if you made it from the hot tub. You could have, yeah. Yeah. Um, Biff reveals that he got the almanac from a different relative. Um, Why does he reveal everything here? You wouldn't. Because the audience. He's going to shoot him. Yeah, yeah, but you could tell him anything. You'd have to tell him the truth. That's my issue. Yeah. You could have told him any information. Yeah, I got it in 1976. Because he asked where, specifically when yep. and where. When and where. And, and he, he tells him. Hang on a minute. I yeah. think it's more the fact that he's more shocked that he even knows that the sports almanac He's exists. buying for time to get to the gun. I, I understand that. Yeah. But you'd have to tell him everything and show him the almanac no. and show him the safe. and yeah. Um, Marty pockets matches. Why? Because we need to see it at the end of the film when, when it changes. changes. Yeah. There's no real reason for him to, to take matches with him. I just think that's instinct. Well, think you just take matches. Unless he's, planning to, <laughs> unless he's like, I need to get matches so I can burn the almanac later. 
Maybe. I'd assume that would also be why, because even like one of the first lines original Biff says at the beginning is like, "Do you want to? Do you want to see my my little match cases that I've made?" Yeah, that's in the first one too. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they're not planning to go here at that point, but yeah, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Uh, Biff tries to shoot Marty. He's bad. Everybody who shoots in this movie is bad. Can you shoot in your own? How do they shoot George McFly? He can't shoot anything. <laughs> he goes up to the roof. He's threatened with a gun. He drops down onto the DeLorean. Before this happens, Biff can confesses that he killed George. Two McFlies with the same. Like his voice delivery is kind of. He's a cartoon. Right. He is a cartoon, though. Yeah. I swatted two McFlies. That's what you should have oh, said. <laughs> and this scene, when he gets excited, he sounds like Griff. He does. He does. He does. And then we go back to 1955, and this was fun. It was like a return to a film we've already seen. It was like catching up with an old friend. It was. It's good. Uh, Bill sexually. Bill Biff sexually harasses Lorraine for a bit by trying to lift up her skirt. And you see it from a a, a long perspective. So if they had no idea they were going to do another movie, which they didn't, no, you wouldn't have done a long shot, would you? What do you mean? Well, you, the but camera they re- angle they is him. This didn't they? him watching the the scene unfold yeah but that's that, that that's a 100 percent a, a new scene for this film that wasn't in the first one. Oh, okay that was cleverly done then that's, yeah because that I, I don't think it's in the first I, I don't think so or maybe it is in the first i have no idea not the long shot but the oh no that is a reenactment of the first film you're right you know that's them redoing it that's not them that's them getting back into the costumes and shooting it again see that's clever yeah because you wouldn't shoot it from that perspective just because. Because the continuity and all that. Yeah. yeah. It's really <laughs> quite good. Marty then jumps into Biff's car, which I love the hard cut of Doc being like, oh, you need to be where something really inconspicuous. And it just goes into him like full blues <laughs> Bob's get up being like, come in, Doc, come in, Doc. Like, well, the important, so in so the, the important thing for us, though, is to distinguish easily Back to the Future 1 Marty from Back to the Future 2 Marty. Yeah, and yeah. this let us do that really, really easily. It does. With, 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 with everything that Marty changes into... This is Back to the Future 1 Marty. has about four or five different costumes to come. Back to the Future 2 Marty is consistent. And that was that was good for us, even yeah, if yeah. it was really, really obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Ellie, I think you were going to say something there. That it's funny, though. Oh, yeah, it is, it is funny. Yeah, especially that hard cut. The, come in, come in, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of uh, catching up with an old friend, I've got a few more that we should... Uh, we've got two more patches of three. Let's go ahead and have another one, shall we? Yeah. So here we... Very... Very happy for everybody, of course, but but this one maybe especially so. What's up, best film ever? It's Nick from the FN Nerds podcast. I just wanted to say congratulations on your one year anniversary. I remember the first episode I listened to you guys. It was for the Hitman's Bodyguard, and I remember thinking to myself, I had never wanted to revisit the Hitman's Bodyguard until after I listened to your episode. And if that's not the sign of a good podcast, then I don't know what is. We both kind of started our podcast around the same time, and when I heard you for the first time, I would have guessed you guys have been doing this for 10 years, let alone just one. It's that aspect that I enjoy the most about your show, the chemistry you all share. It's what keeps me coming back each and every week. Congratulations again, and here's to many more years to come. Thanks so much, Nick. I mean, the benefit is, if we sound like 10 years on our first go, it means that in 20 years' time... It'll sound like we've been doing it for 30 years. That's the important part. I'm not sure that's a good thing. Yeah, I think 30 years in, you probably start. At what point is there a tip? I hope. Because yeah. at some point, things turn into just like parodies of themselves. Yeah. Unfortunately. So. Um, There's got to be like a point with like the best films that you just go. Well, no, I don't think there is. Cause we fil- found it. We're done. We, films change. It's not like the talking to Mickey where you're going to eventually like watch all the animated classics. That's going to happen. Yeah. There's only so many. Like there's 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 films thousands like, of films out yeah, there that's going to be released. And- yeah. 
Like I, I know I've got like a crazy schedule sometimes, but it's not like it's not, not going to do that. We're not going to catch up with <laughs> film itself, <laughs> even with the high standards that we that we hold things to. Mm. The good news is, as we go on, <laughs> as we go on, there'll be less pre-booked stuff and more freedom. Oh yeah, so that'll be good. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we've got two more in this batch. So let's do this one now. Hey guys, it's Ed here from the Film Effect Podcast, congratulating you beautiful people on your one year anniversary of the show. I know from personal experience that hosting a podcast might sound like fun and games, and perhaps maybe even a fun idea every once in a while, but it really is a job of its own that takes serious dedication. This is actually something that I'm learning myself. But one year, gosh, that's 52 weeks, 365 whole days, four seasons, and a worldwide pandemic. I've only been a fan for a couple weeks now, but I feel like I've been a fan since the beginning. I look forward to every Monday evening commute when the newest episode drops. And in closing, I just want to wish you guys the best. Happy anniversary to all of you. And Liam, I tried reaching out to Michelle Pfeiffer for a comment, but she's not on Cameo. Sorry, bud. You guys keep the shows coming, and I'll keep listening. All the love, stay gold. Oh, dude, that would have been amazing if you'd got Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, my God, I would have cried. Thanks a lot, Ed. One of our newest friends. Who, Thank you so much. Oh, my just... favorite part of that is that he said he's only been listening for two weeks, and yeah, he still knows all about the He gets the Michelle Pfeiffer reference. Yeah. Yeah. There we months. go. Hang on, hang on. To be Michelle fair, Pfeiffer. yeah, I don't, know how much uh, I don't know how many episodes you've listened to the last couple of weeks, but it's been a bit since we've talked about Fife's. Yeah. So it must be a bit. It's because we bring it up all the time. Oh, people do, yeah. I love that woman. Yeah. And then, <laughs> do you? I don't know if that's come up, but here we go. One more in this batch, our penultimate batch. Hey, happy birthday to everybody at Best Film Ever. Uh, my name's Dan Mackoltz from the You Gotta See This podcast, and I just came across you guys a few months ago. And I, I, I can't tell you enough what a fantastic format you have. Very professional. Uh, Ian, you've, you've, you've got a voice. You know I love it. And uh, the, the, the rest of your crew there, how you guys all bring very different uh, opinions and perspective on, on movies that uh, you know, makes, me, makes me think about the way I look at movies. So I, I appreciate you guys for that. So, again, congratulations on a year. Uh, that's no small feat for a podcast. And looking forward to seeing what you guys do in the future. All right. Well, we'll be listening. Dan Mackeltz from the uh, You Gotta See This podcast. First off, I'm just glad because now I know how to say Mackeltz. Yeah. <laughs> when, he, when he sent that in, I went, I've been, I've been butchering this. And he's kind enough not to go, it's Mackeltz, by the way. It's not Michelle's or whatever it is you're trying to do here. Uh, but saying that I got a voice, that, geez, Dan's got a voice on himself. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's but, almost up there with Morgan Freeman. <laughs> there, we, there we go you can apparently dan go ahead any voiceovers for god you've got this you've got it or visa it's everywhere you want to be go ahead and take those well we'll, we'll divvy the world up dan you can have a north american stuff I'll, I'll tackle things in europe for a while and then we'll we'll reassess the situation but thank you so much uh for the kind words and some nice words about you know professionalism and things yeah. like things that we things that we've thought a lot about Mm-hmm. Like I'll admit, like yeah, we we kind of did a, we've done the amateur thing. But we also put a lot of thought, I think, into how certain elements play into this. Yeah, on a weekly basis. And as much as we have a laugh, we we take things quite we do seriously. We do. I mean, there is a bit. Like, hopefully, you know? when the mics are on, that's supposed to be the fun time. Yeah, yeah it's supposed yeah. to be. Not, 
occasionally gets away from us. Yep. As <laughs> as, as 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 we're just human beings, right? Yep. Yeah. But um, but no, there's a, a lot of thought and, and and sort of not just not research, but this thought about how do we want to come across? What's the mm-hmm. best way to do that? So thank you for noticing that, Dan. That was uh, from from my perspective. You know, yeah. that that was that was quite uh, it was quite nice to hear. We appreciate your thoughts. We do appreciate your mm-hmm. thoughts. And if you want to appreciate Dan's thoughts, go ahead and check him out. you got to see this podcast. Um, just to hear his voice. Just to hear his, geez, that's a voice, isn't it? It is. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm yeah. envious of that voice. <laughs> yeah. It's a, good, it's, a, it, it's a good voice. It is. So, uh, going back, we are now, uh, we see the backstory described earlier where old Biff tells young Biff the story about the football game. He's like, there's no chance they're going to win. Because last minute field goals never happen in, no. in American football. Uh, having, you know, played my fair share of fantasy football and watching players and games get won and lost. And oh, I'm, I'm well aware things can happen. But this was enough. Now Biff's a believer. But he's like, Let's just throw in the almanac around yeah, here there everywhere is he? oh youth is wasted on the young <laughs> and we heard biff's grandma nag a bunch of times in this film and it's do funny you, how s his grandma isn't it yes mm-hmm. do you know who plays his grandma his grandma nope no him him thomas f wilson no yeah <laughs> so add another voice like, to it i was trying to think what were the five it was like biff 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 Mad Dog, who's the first? Well, you get... He's phenomenal. You get, at the start, you get nerdy 1985 Biff. You get Donald Trump 1985 Biff. You get 1955 Biff. You get 2015 Biff. And you get Mad Dog Biff Tannen. Because he's got that shot of him in in, in the costume on the reel. Outside of his museum. He's such a... So he does those five as Biff. Then add a sixth in with, with, with Grandma. Whatever her name was, Muriel or I don't know, some old name, something Tannen. Anyway, <laughs> he's so good. Yep, um, Doc Brown because Marty gets locked into the garage, but then he eventually he gets out because Biff goes to the dance. Doc Brown shows up riding a bicycle very very badly, which just is only worth noting because Christopher Lloyd is an avid cross country cyclist. Oh, is he? Yep. Aww. Just a little. The, the, more, the more you know. Then they go driving down a tunnel uh, near the end of the film. And earlier, uh, Marty should attempt to steal the almanac. It'll, it'll be later. And that tunnel. But the tunnel, Liam, you noticed this. Yeah, the tunnel is used in <laughs> Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It is the same tunnel from Who Framed Roger oh. Rabbit. Also directed by Robert Zemeckis and also... Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd, who plays Judge Doom yeah. in that. Um Doc, at the same time now, is stumbling upon his own weather experiment. And so, Liam, you asked me the question, was this actually from the first film? And the answer is no, but it it also doesn't contradict the first film. And what I mean by that is this. Um, The disguised 1985 Doc Brown holds a conversation with his 1955 counterpart. 1985 Doc is wearing a brown trench coat and hat. And if you look carefully in Back to the Future, the original, you can see a man dressed exactly like this. And therefore, presumably now we can assume Doc walking away shortly before the clock tower scene. So in the DVD commentary, it's explained, although it wasn't intentional, it was perfect for Back Back to the Future's two scripts hadn't been written because they didn't think there was going to be one. They saw that and went... We can have Doc dressed like that. And then it brings in number two into number one's continuity. That's so cool. It's so cool to pay attention to your own stuff. Be focused on the new, but look back to the future. (laughs) Uh, We go back to the under the sea thing, and we see the footage that Ethan was talking about. I think it was Ethan of Crispin Glover dancing, and that stuff taken right from Back to the Future 1. In my notes, I have spelled right, W-R-I-G-H-T. What the heck am I doing there? The Wright uh, Brothers flight. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Who knows? Biff smuggles porn into the dance, which seemed like a weird choice. Ooh la la. 
He's got this almanac. And he's like, you know what I'm going to use this jacket for? I'm going to smuggle porn in. Yeah. <laughs> he's a strange one. Very few of the original costumes from the 1985, uh, sorry, from the first films, Enchantment Under the Sea Dance, were used for production of the sequel. Leah Thompson was the only actress present wearing her dress from the original movie. The rest of the dresses changed. You kind of had to really, though, didn't you? You wouldn't have thought there'd be one. So what happened to the dresses? Who knows? Yeah. Right? Could you could you theorize it's just because the time time streams are changing or something? What? Because they went back all the because they something happened. They they I went to no bought idea. different dresses. <laughs> sure. Uh, director Robert Zemeckis stated the high school dance scene would have to have the same costumes, but it'll be shot from a different angle. But it was delayed because Lorraine's dress couldn't be found, even though they had three versions of it made in 1985. <laughs> Leah Thompson then revealed to Zemeckis that she had one of the dresses still. Oh. And she had to drive home and get it. <laughs> <laughs> nice little scene with the. It was a nice little scene with the almanac. It gave Strickland something to do. Absolutely. The scene with Strickland and the bait and switch with the almanac. It was a fun little scene where Marge would try and get it without making noise as um strickland's like perusing through it and drinking some irish coffee um however the thing you mentioned earlier is that when he takes the almanac from biff he flicks through and goes sports statistics yeah but there's no sports statistics in it it's it's it's, i wonder if something changed in the chronology of the film it must have done because even looking down you see when marty's looking down on him on on the steps you see that that's the ooh la la in his hands and the almanac is in his pocket because you mentioned that, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, but no, you're right. It just seems, it just seems odd. It just, yeah, it, it just didn't work. So Marty realizes he's been had. He says to Doc, "What do I do? I don't know where Biff's going to be." Well, yes, you do, because Biff at this point has been punched out by George. Now, a slight issue I have is that we are told in the original film that this punch changes not only who George is, but also how Biff sees himself as well. Uh, yeah. Biff stops being a bully because someone stands up to him. But in this film, Biff is still super bully right to the end. Yeah. I now, think the difference is now he has the almanac. You could argue that this is all taking place in the first one as well. And this is all just a giant cycle. Uh, okay. That all this stuff always happened. So if you're watching the first movie, all this stuff is occurring. We just hadn't seen it yet. Because oh, uh, we weren't pers- we weren't uh, given privy to that area. Because it doesn't change That's overnight. That's I took it. Yeah, uh, there are a couple differences in regards to Doc and how he knows his life's going to be threatened or not threatened. And why do you go back to the future in 2015 then if you know? Because yeah, yeah. if you're Doc and you know what happens because you went to the future, don't you simply not go to the future? Yeah. And not take Marty with you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. Like, if you look too carefully, it starts to unravel a bit. It does. Um, but... Um, Sorry, we get uh, an extra punch uh, from from Marty comes and gives one more punch to Biff and steals the almanac. And there's this guy. I don't know who he is. He's just wallet guy. Yeah. You're taking his wallet? I think he's taking his wallet. And then later later he (laughs) goes into the camera. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Later he goes to Biff when Biff comes to He goes, that guy stole your wallet. And he looks at the camera. I think he stole his wallet. (laughs) I reckon (laughs) he had that one line and he was making sure. I'm going to make sure I can. And it's it's really great. It's four times. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, there's a, um, as Marty runs away, he runs into Biff Stooges and now has to protect Back to the Future 1 Marty from uh, the Stooges because that could still interfere with what needs to happen. Yep. We hear Johnny be good for a second time because why not? Great song. Why not? It's a great scene. It's a gr- And we get to see it from a different perspective, which is fun. Yeah. Marty saves the day by dropping sandbags on the bad guys. So did he right, is that final oh, no, happens didn't. too? Sorry, what was that, Ellie? Sorry, I was going to say, did he have to re-record it? But it wasn't him singing it the first time, was it? Uh, uh, definitely not him playing it. No, I weren't him singing it either. Does he sing it? No. 
Oh, I guess he would because no one's heard of Johnny B. Good yet. But I mean, the, the, the character sings it. Oh, the character, the character sings it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah he, he didn't do either. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he looks like he's playing. Though. I'll give him that. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ethan, what were you saying? I like that the uh, the sandbag drops like right when he gets that final note and the song ends. It's like that big com- like climactic boom, yeah. like finale. Yeah. And then um, one last issue because he runs into Biff. Just as he's watching the two lovebirds, which is important because otherwise Biff will go beat up the other version of Marty. Yep. Um, so as as Biff calls him back as he's challenging him to a fight, I was taking a note, so I didn't quite. I think the door just opens and knocks him over. Is that what happened? Uh, some people yeah. come out of the door, yeah, and yeah. knock him over, knock, and then knock. Biff discovers he's got the almanac. Yeah, takes the almanac back, um, and they go off now my question is this because now they have to go over and get it why is doc okay with the hoverboard still being in the car yeah because that appears in the third one too doesn't it yeah because he said in the second he's like no we need to get look at this it's a cane it's just we can't be doing this yeah, yeah. and then he's cool with the hoverboard <laughs> which i'm sorry you can't miss it it's bright pink it is <laughs> yeah so uh they get the hoverboard anyway and this becomes the device by which and it's, it's a fun little chase scene i did wonder if it was one thing too many Mm. I guess Biff still has to be the big bad. So the only way you can make Biff the big bad is you have to come up with one final problem. It goes on a bit too long. It goes on a bit too long. And I don't like the fact that he ruins his car either. (laughs) The bit that really bothered me about the chase scene was that when Marty's going, when he's ahead of him on the hoverboard, the hoverboard is going almost as fast as the car at top speed. Is he hanging on to it, or is he just... No, this is is when he turns around and he's chasing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he really wants it to go fast, though. That makes all the difference, then. Yeah, I'm being sarcastic here. Yeah, I mean, there is no reason. Will-powered hoverboard. Yeah. 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 Apparently, you know, they didn't say this, but, I mean, as the the guys in the future said, you know, everybody knows hoverboards don't work on water. It's like, but in tunnels, they go three times as fast. Yeah. (laughs) They didn't mention that because it wasn't appropriate. It would be nicer to see the hoverboard go under the thing and he goes over the car and, like, a flashback, if you like. I think you needed Doc to help. And then Doc I thought helping. that was going to happen. And so we have the bunting, yeah. of course, because he gets the almanac eventually. After, like, like Biff tries, like, vehicular manslaughter, like, three times over. Like, this guy, like, what is going on? He becomes deranged. It is. I think it would have made more sense, though, if he had gone over the car and then caught the, the Yeah, button. maybe. Do you know what I mean? And so Biff is, he gets the... the Marty manages to grab the the almanac. He sits there. He thinks he's won. And you get the the, the bum, ba bum, 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 and then it just goes. It just goes once. So bum, 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 boom. Yeah, it does. And then it's and you're like, oh shoot, it's not over because no. he can turn a car around. Yeah, and because of the tunnel, he's he's stuck. He's stuck in this cylinder with Biff. And although, yeah, you can ride up the walls to a degree. You kind of, you can't just go higher. You can't. Mm. You can't naturally make a jump. It's not that. It's a hoverboard, not a not a not a flying machine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can't just jump over the car because you can't control where it goes on on the Y axis. It can only go. It's a. It's like it's like if you were on a hovercraft. Yeah. It's it's not a plane. It's not a spaceship. It can only go a few inches above the ground, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the problem: is that you really don't have anywhere to go. So as he gets to the end of a tunnel, at which point, yeah, like why is it not? Why is it going so fast? But uh, he grabs the bunting, which is the strongest bunting ever made because it doesn't snap. No, and that's just hold by the door shut. Yeah, <laughs> and up he goes, and that is that. Uh, Biff lands in manure. He hates manure. He reminds us yeah. it's a good thing we need because otherwise it wouldn't have been enough a punishment if he didn't hate manure. But yeah. it's like in his mouth, I think, as well. Yeah. Like in the first yeah. one, the third one, he gets a bunch of it. In his he mouth. does, doesn't he? And I do like the callbacks to the manure and all this stuff. Uh, and then there's a lightning storm. Um, a convenient bucket is convenient in order to burn the <laughs> almanac. 
But the newspapers have changed, and Marty goes, be careful, Doc. You don't want to get struck by light. Strike by lightning. Yeah. <laughs> it was so expositional. It was so coolly. I almost like. And we did have some shots of the inside of a DeLorean where the time frame has like um, glitched, glitched to the yeah. 1880s. Yeah. Uh, it has that. We see that. And we have this just like little smoke screen. And he didn't like land and die. So at some point, I'm probably going, he's gone somewhere in time. Yeah. yeah. But Marty seems to be like, maybe he's dead. I'm like, well, no, no. because there's not like a heap. <laughs> I, as a kid, watched that and thought he'd been sent in time. Yeah. Because of the whole lightning striking and before in the first one. Yep. And so, you yeah. didn't get like the little orangey tire mark type thing in the sky. No, yeah, that's true. You just got it was like it was like a ninety nine, but it has yeah. no actual like numerical thing. It was just supposed to be like a, a, a design. Yeah, yeah. But it looks like the fire that's left on the floor. Yeah, yeah. because he's not moving forward. It's just it's got just stationary. Yeah. You, you you got the energy not by speed. You got the energy by the lightning strike. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 Um, and then we have uh, the ominous mailman. Like Are his. you Marty McFly? Well, I've got something for you. Why was he so angry? A letter. <laughs> and then he's like i'm your best friend tell me about this um and seven, would they really hold it for that long 70 years for this very minute i suppose they well, like, the answer is yes because he's got it mm, yeah, maybe. uh he goes do you, and he says to marty do you need help he says there's only one man who can help me and we go back to 1955 doc who's like running the scene we saw in the previous movie Dancing celebrating this finally yeah. one and then from the back of the shot in runs marty right down the middle into the foreground it's of the br- scene and the music here the and the music's here. good yeah. and you have that little whatever those little twinkles are oh so good so good and um he says i sent you to future goes no doc but i'm back i'm back back from the future future. yeah (laughs) i love that doc faints and we get the music and great scott to be great scott and then to be concluded yeah and then we get a trailer for film three yep and that's how the film ends good movie was that how uh, the third film was announced yes Yep, that's cool. There's announced well, we'll, like that. We'll, we'll, we'll sort of see about that. Uh, I think I've yes, I've got this. So I'll bring it up in a minute. Uh, Mispredicting the future. Let's talk about time travel just a little bit. Go on. To commemorate the release of a 30th anniversary of Back to the Future, uh, they released a short movie called Doc Brown Saves the World, which was filmed in 2015 with Christopher Lloyd reprising his role of Doc Brown. In the movie, Doc tapes a video message explaining he traveled to the 2040s in a rebuilt DeLorean and discovered that inventions such as the hoverboard and hydrated food will cause people to become massively overweight. And even worse, a simultaneous glitch in every nuclear Mr. Fusion device on the planet will cause a nuclear holocaust that decimates the world's population. He subsequently travels back in time and successfully prevents such dangerous devices from ever being invented, thus explaining why the future in 2015 as seen in the movie did not come true in reality. Oh, I love that. That's really cute that they did that for the... I love that. It is. That's in the great. DVD extras, Robert Zemeckis said that he really did not want the movie to take place in the future because every time a movie takes place in the future, it is mispredicted. <laughs> but scientist Carl Sagan said this is perhaps the greatest time travel movie ever made. He praised the accuracy in handling the multiple timelines as what would really happen if time travel was possible. And it, 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 even though I, I nitpick, it does, there's a lot of things good. The idea that what you do will change and that you just can't go back. You need to go back to the start of the origin, yada, yada, yeah. yada. But the good thing about this movie is that regenerated interest for the 2015. Oh, very much so. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that did came full circle. But when they made that, I, I don't know, I'm even considering the legacy that film might have had in 2015. And then did this no, back and true. rewatch it. Yeah, it yeah. And it becomes, and at the right time, the internet's getting big. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fandoms are starting to develop on that sort of level. So yeah, it's great. 
It was so funny that the last time I saw this properly was like either on 2015 and then before that, like a couple years before, and then seeing it, you know, five years later, I'm like, this is just funny. Hearing them say it's 2015 feels strange now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could feel it with six, six years yeah. in the past. Like, wow. It's weird, isn't it? I remember when this was like a new release on, not in theaters, I don't think. I remember when it was new. I remember it was on back of cereal boxes. I remember I had a cereal box that had Back to the Future in English and French because, you know, Canada. Um, and so. I remember the third one. Yeah, I remember the second one. Yeah. I don't remember the second. I remember the third one. Well, the second and third one were almost like one giant promotional campaign because they I, were just one and the same. I just remember the third one only because my, my aunt and uncle um, took me, I think, to see that. I'm pretty sure they did. Okay. Let's go ahead. Let's do our last three, shall we? Yeah. Because we're running a little bit heavy. Let's go ahead and do this. Hello, Ian, Liam, Ellie, and George. It's Russell here, also known as the official postie of the Best Film Ever podcast. Um, I'm just dropping by to say happy birthday to you all. Um, There's no need to play the age game, age game. We know you're a year old, and that's absolutely (laughs) fantastic. Um, I haven't been listening for a year, I've got to say, but I've been with you since the seven episode. I just want to thank you for the behind the scenes trivia, the in-depth analysis, all the laughs, the singing, and more importantly, all the hard work that goes into putting it all together. Uh, Hopefully one day soon I can finally meet you all face to face at the Majestic and we can have a lovely discussion about all the horror movies that you're going to talk about. (laughs) I'm only joking, of course. course. I won't mention them ever again. Anyway, congratulations and all the best, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Russell. I will gladly have an in-depth conversation about horror movies with Russell. <laughs> I can't some, wait to meet Russell. That was some first-class mail we got there. That was. That was, that was, that was. That was a special delivery. You've got uh, I, I thought he did a brilliant job. He did a, yeah, he did a brilliant job. It can't be easy when you're not doing the pod. We heard a lot of podcasts today, for the most part. Yeah. It can't be easy to come on and do that side of it if, you ha- if you're not used to sort of recording yourself, hearing your own voice, putting it out there. So well done. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So uh, let's listen to number 20, someone who does know, uh, does know a thing about podcasting, I should say, anyway. So here we go. Hey, this is Tom from Pod Jerky. Just wanted to say congratulations on your first year with the podcast. It's no small feat to make it this far. I wish you all the continued success in the coming years. You know you have Pod Jerky's full support. All the best, guys, and congratulations on making it through year one. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, thank you, Tom. Tom, who joined us, of course, on the Groundhog Day episode. He did. And whom three quarters of, I don't know, three three of us. I'm not going to remember, 60% of us managed to join him for his British Misconceptions episode. We didn't do Which I saw a review for for it from someone, and someone said, the Canadian guy hit it on the head. Yeah. They're like, he figured, he knows all the things. He's He totally got it. That's because you're a hybrid. I think it's because I'm a hybrid. I think yeah. I know what the conception is, and then I can talk about the misconception. Exactly. But I had a lot of fun on that episode, yeah. and Tom's, fun, Tom's yeah. always great to sort of hang out with, whether it's on this one or on his one, so we'll definitely, definitely, definitely have him back on the show. He likes him some hip-hop music so if we ever do something like straight out of compton i think that's gotta be gotta be a shout and then finally number 21 the final number the golden ticket who is the last one to leave the party or arrive at the party he's the cool guy who's the last one to arrive at the party yeah march 2020 things were looking bleak we're in the midst of a pandemic people were panicked buying toilet roll and the uk was about to go into lockdown but then on the 12th of March, a saviour was born. The best film ever podcast. Hi, everyone. It's me. Dwayne Smith. <laughs> Dwayne Smith. <laughs> Dwayne Smith. 
<laughs> Being a shining light over the past year, the podcast has gone from strength to strength, and it's all down to your hard work. You guys really are my favourite podcast. Happy birthday, BFE! Thanks so much, <laughs> Thank you very Thank much, Dwayne. Yeah. Again, I that know it. That was our Luke Skywalker cameo. That was our Luke Skywalker cameo. Oh, so that will be uh, that. That's fantastic, everybody. Any, anyway, we, we every who who's part of our little community, our fledgling fandom, whether people who we've known for a couple of weeks, people we've known for almost the full year. Thank you so 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 much to those of you who run podcasts, and to those of you who don't. Who I know that's got to be intimidating to hear the sound of your voice. I heard some nervous tweets from mm-hmm. some of them who were like, "I've done it, but I don't." I don't like the sound of my voice. And I'm like, it's really quite cool to go beyond and outside of yourself. And Dwayne had mentioned that he wasn't sure if he'd work up the courage at Christmas time. So I was really happy. Well done, so, Dwayne. Dwayne, I'm really happy to hear that. Thank, Thank you so you, much. Dwayne. Thanks for all the love out there from all the 21 of you. All I mean, 21. Amazing. It's amazing. It is amazing. I wasn't expecting so much. So uh, speaking of not expecting so much, let's talk about the money. Oh, talk about the money. So uh, it's all about the money, budget. Money, money, $40 million on this. What did it take home? Rapid fire. Two hundred and thirty-five. Two sixty. One hundred eighty. What was your guess, Ellie? One hundred eighty. And Ethan said one twenty. It was actually three thirty-one. Whoa! So who was the highest? It was it Georgia? Hey. Very good job. Uh, Robert Zemeckis said he was very unhappy with the way that Universal marketed the film. He wanted to be made quite clear that this film was ultimately a setup for Back to the Future Part Three. Ergo, why you call it, I guess, Part Two, I suppose. But Universal tried to advertise it as its own independent movie, and this ultimately backfired because when it ended with "to be concluded." That frustrated many audiences, resulting in bad worth of mouth and a dramatic fall off in the film's box office receipts in the second week because people had felt misled. Oh, okay. I'm going to go. I hear you, Robert Zemeckis. I do. This does feel like a bit. This feels like it's a complete film. Oh, yeah, it feels it's got to be getting middle and end. It yeah, doesn't, yeah, yeah. it's not like when I watch like Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows part one, and I'm like, hey, this is just clearly just a setup for the second or one. Or Fellowship of the Ring. Fellowship of the Ring, yeah, or, or Two Towers, which yeah. of course, or nor did it feel like, um, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, what's the second one called? Dead Man's Chest. Dead Man's Chest, yeah. Where you're like, this whole thing was just, I'm like, this movie's missing something. What is it? And then Barbosa, like, that's what it's, mi- oh, okay, it's a setup for number three. Yeah, that's yeah. all this is. It's part one. <laughs> uh, okay. Like, this didn't feel like that. This felt, because no, the third one's a completely, and it, it stays in one place, too. Yeah. The third one's just in one place for the most part. Mm-hmm. This one was all over the map. And yeah, it sets up the third, but it felt earned. Yeah. Unlike we talked about when we did on talking to Mickey the WandaVision, where I'm like, I'm not sure this all felt earned. This all felt earned. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It would like it, it would have been cool though. Like you see a really good movie that you that is like really well made and is genuinely enjoyable, and you're like, you're gonna get another one. Yeah, and it's, it's coming out like next year, like almost instantly, like nine yeah, months exactly. later or something. It comes out. I'm like, yeah, I'd have been well up for that because I want, oh, I want more of this. Oh, there is more, and it's well, I have to wait two years. It's not awesome. Yeah. So um, the legacy, of course, is a legacy. We talked about it already through what it meant in 2015, and there was a part three. Uh, role of women. Mm. Yeah. so bad <laughs> it is dread she is, is totally treated like excess baggage the best of times the scene Literally where they dump her putting the rubbish the right. scene where they dump her in the garbage and and he sedates her just by going zoom oh yeah. marty we had to do it he goes yeah i guess we had to do it doc she was talking too uh, much. we get one <laughs> thing so leave- it's so it's fixed. So she'll be all right now. Yes, she'll be all right. Should we go back and check? No, because <laughs> movie ain't got time for that. No. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, so now we've got uh, best character. Oh, Biff. 
Beth? Yeah. Okay. Thomas Wilson. What a fantastic actor. Thomas F. Wilson. Thomas F. Wilson. Where you can imagine what the F stands for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Virtual. Same as as Kyla Murray. Yeah. Uh, Ellie, favorite character or best performance, whatever you want to do? I like Doc. Doc? Yeah. When I was a kid, Doc was my favorite. Yeah, Doc. Which is weird because I love Michael J. Fox, but Doc was my favorite. I wouldn't give Biff a look in when I was a kid. No. Not at all. But now as an adult... Um, I appreciate what you Something did. I didn't mention, I should, is that, of course, we had Billy Zane, who played one of the cronies of the in cronies. Biff's gangs. Yeah. He got, like, oh, one key. Back. He got, like, one key. He came back just because of, because between the first and the second one, he actually became, like, like, like a, a movie star. Yep. But still came back out of loyalty. And I'm like, you Good might play him. you might play a villain in Titanic, but you are a class act, my friend. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, so that was Elisa Doc. Ethan? Uh, I'm I'm gonna set, go the same as Liam. I think uh, I think Griffith, Griff, uh, Biff, all of them is yep. fantastic. Mm-hmm. I I just like they're all caricatures and they're all it, distinctly different from each other. I it's forgot like, Griff. He plays way. seven characters yeah, in this Griff, film. Yeah. Five versions of Biff. Well, so yeah, five versions. The four versions of Biff, Griff, Mad Dog, and, and his grandma. And his grandma. Yeah. Wild, Georgia. I really like Doc. I think Doc? he's great. Yeah, he makes me laugh. Well, the Canadian in me should now say Marty McFly. Who's brilliant? I mean, it's not like he does a bad no, job. No, Far no, from no, it. No, no, not at all. But mine goes to Thomas F. Wilson as Biff, Griff, yeah. and Grandma. Yeah. He's so... This is his movie. It is. This is his movie. He's so good. You want to make this. me an argument? He's the protagonist? I believe it. Yeah. I totally believe it. This yeah. is... And he's really good. And I'm really surprised. Maybe because he, he couldn't escape being Biff, Griff, whatever. Yeah. He's in Freaks and Geeks for the season that was on the air. But, you know, like he, he just never really turned into anything else, which no, is a shame because he's, he's really good at this. Yeah. Um, favorite moment, favorite element? Um, come back to me. Okay. Ellie? I think the way that the second film is intertwined around the first film. So the, the way they reshot the same scenes and added in the extra bits and like doubled up on the characters kind of thing. Okay. And, uh, Ethan. <laughs> and, uh, Ethan. Um, I'd say, I think you called them Vista shots. The, just the, the, the Vista glide. Yeah. The Vista glides They're They're amazing. Even for like 2021. Now I'm still shocked by how well some of them look like also just, I like the fact that uh, Michael J. Fox played his own daughter. I thought that was just kind of funny. That was yeah. a, kind of a big deal, I think, for the time. I don't really remember a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Georgia? Oh, that, I, for a time oh, travel film. Sorry, can I you think, start again? Yeah. Uh, for a time travel film, I think it's actually really well written. Like, it's not a basic time travel film either. They don't just go back and come back again. They're going, hopping all over the place. And yeah, there's some plot holes and that sort of thing, but there always is in time travel. But for how it's handled, I think it's really quite good. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the whole future element. Uh-huh. Yeah, they got a lot wrong, but but they went for it. Absolutely. And they took some swings and it, Hill Valley looked cool. I, I love Hill Valley as a set. I just think it's brilliant. It's great. But everything they tried to say about here's what I think the future might be like, it felt fun. And that's the reason why when 2015 came around, we were so obsessed with it because they actually took a punt. Mm-hmm. And went, and I think they said, we don't want the future to seem bad. If it's bad, it's because there's bad people there, not because of uh, the, t- the technology. So that was a fun element. And it was, as a kid, it was my favorite, and it still is, like the hoverboard, all that stuff. Just uh-huh. It was just cool stuff that became part of pop culture. Um, For me. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. I forgot. You I, you know, well, you know, I'm yep. easily forgettable. Yep. <laughs> um, I agree with Ethan, um, but I love the score in this because i felt it drove scenes forward you did mention that yeah it gave 
dramaticness to scenes. Uh, so, yeah, for me, the score. Okay. Um, grumbles, 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 grumbles. Liam, can you go back to back? What do you got here? Can you be like Back to the Future and do two back to back? Let's see. <laughs> I don't like the fact that the Ooh La book magazine that yep. um, Biff has uh, in that scene because I'm clearly convinced that he is not the Ulala they take, it is the almanac they take yeah. out of his pocket. So I think there's a little bit there. Okay. And that, that annoyed me. Uh, Ellie? Well, Ethan's not going to like me for this, but I hate Michael J. Fox in drag. I think it's ridiculous that he plays his own daughter. I really didn't like that at all. Um, but predominantly... Because it just looks stupid. It looks like Michael J. Fox in drag. It doesn't look like but it was supposed his to daughter. Be, well, I, I, think, I think it's the joke. I think it's the joke of it, yeah. That, Sorry, George, what are you saying? Well, I, well, I didn't like it. Okay. I said I didn't even notice that it was Michael J. Fox in drag. So <laughs> that is your face blindness <laughs> to like the 10. Because if you can't notice it's the same actor who's literally in the same shot. Yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> That's remarkable. I like okay. it because it becomes a running game. So Michael J. Fox in drag. Uh, Ethan. I think it's the final, the final sort of set piece of nineteen uh, fifties Biff trying to chase down Marty on the hoverboard. It goes on for too long, I feel, and that whole sequence is like, oh, make sure not to get struck by lightning. Oopsie! It, it, <laughs> it, it goes on too long to have it be tense at all. Uh. <sighs> See, I think you need to know don't get hit by lightning as a warning sign to the to the audience. And symbolically, I think the lightning give up a lightning take of away. Mm. But I think I don't know. I guess you gotta tell people why it's scary. Uh, I understand. Um mine's gonna be somewhat close to yours, Georgia. Uh roller women. It's just, just come on, put at least like I know this we've got female police officer, but like come on, give us that a That is bit not more. sufficient. No. <laughs> no. Um yeah, I'm going to go with the film's 15 minutes too long. The problem with it isn't that. I don't think the problem is the final chasing. I just think we're fatigued by the time the final chasing comes around. Mm. Yeah. I would have I got rid of the second. As much as I love the song, I would have got rid of the second Johnny Be Good. Yep. And I would have had it just so that he chases Marty out and we, we don't have that whole. And if you'd gone right from him getting knocked down, because then we're like, oh. So he, he punches Biff and then we get he run, b- bumps into his lackeys. And then we have to get rid of the lackeys, and then Biff comes. It just feels like it's too much. So have, mm-hmm. him, have him punch him. Don't knock him out. Punch him. Grab the magazine. Off he goes. Biff finds him. Have a, some momentary stop, whatever it might be. Maybe he stops to try and burn the almanac himself, and Biff catches him there. Yeah. And then you can have a chase or something. He goes to – you know what? He's got the magazine. He's running away. They – they open the door. It can be George and Lorraine off to spend the rest of their evening, and they open the door, and they don't even realize they've hit him, and down he falls. Yeah. And then Biff gets the almanac, and they're off to the side. And then I haven't derailed it with going back into the dance again. Yeah. As much as I like seeing him interact with the previous dance, I felt it was just a little bit too labored. and the mo- I was a little bit fatigued by the end. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. So uh, anybody's best role ever? Well, it's, it's Thomas F. Wilson's best role ever. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's nobody else I really consider on that i think people probably did it better in number one yeah yeah than this so such as so um no age game because it's the same as they were in the first film plus two three four years <laughs> yeah. so there we go so go back and listen to episode one if you want to play that just add four um critics georgia yeah i've got some um not as highly rated as the first one by a lot of people uh, but i think that is um kind of everyone's feelings on it 
So we've got uh, Jonathan Rosenbaum from Chicago Reader says, by the end, you may feel that you've just sat through a feature length co- commercial for both part one, which has to be seen to make this sequel comprehensible and part three, a trailer for it literally ends part two, which, yeah, that's 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 quite accurate. It's interesting. I think I saw number two before I saw number one. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I don't think I was getting all. I was like, what? what because i was where mm-hmm. this obviously happens in number one i probably should watch it yeah because yeah. <laughs> i was just about let's see the future <laughs> okay. that was the part i was interested in oh, okay yeah. uh there we get uh, jeff andrew from timeout says it's impressive impressive entertainment and best of all it never uh degenerates into spielbergian sentiment sentimentality that's really difficult to say um you can laugh be thrilled and think without being embarrassed which is is quite a nice one. And then we get Ebes. Ebes. Who, who Ebes. liked it more than his counterpart. Um, he says, Back to the Future Part 2 is an exercise in goofiness, an excursion into various versions of the past and future that is so baffling that even the characters are constantly trying to explain it to each other. <laughs> I should have brought a big yellow legal pad to the screening so I could take detailed notes just to keep the timeline straight. And yet the movie is fun, mostly because it's so screwy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's I'm, I'm, I don't have anything from our critics. We just kept the shout outs for what we heard already. So yep. that is that. So thank you everybody for that, that part. So it's just really that time now for our ratings. Our ratings. Where do you have this one? Uh, let's start with Liam. I'm going to give this one an 8.5 gigawatts. 8.5 gigawatts. Yes. Didn't hear so much gigawatt speech no. on this one. I don't but, think there's any. Yeah, there we go. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, then we've got Ellie. Um, I obviously didn't like it as much as Liam, I'm afraid. I'm giving it six and a half. Ooh. Six and a half. All right. Uh, Georgia. I'm going to go with seven and a half boss ass walking stick handles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, then we've got Ethan. I am giving it eight. My McFly's being punched by his own parents out of ten. Okay. <laughs> And I'm going to echo, again, I'm going to echo Ethan's vote here. I'm going to go eight Pepsi Perfects out of ten. The Pepsi might have been perfect, but the film was not. But an eight, it, it was a good time. I had a good time watching this. I gave it the first one eight and a half. It's not as good as the first one. I think everybody's saying it's not as good as the first one. Oh, Liam's thinking yeah, about definitely. it. I I liked the whole, uh, as a kid, I liked the second one best. Yes, me too. Um, but... I'm not a kid anymore. No, I'm not. And I'm an adult. <laughs> uh, but I think I like the third one. Better. That's fine. That's fine. But out of one versus two. Uh, first. Okay. So there we go. So that is how we rated it. We'll, we'll come up with where it actually fits in the grand scheme of things later on. I had typed out like all 58 films that we've done. I'm not going to go ahead and try and go through those. I was going <laughs> I was, I was to drip feed them. And then I figured out pretty quickly this was going to go long. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I will say that I'll do our top 10, if I may. Cool. Our 10th is Back to the Future number one. Cool. Our ninth is Braveheart. Nice. Our eighth is Joker. Oh. Our seventh, just beating it in a tiebreaker, is The Dark Knight. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, if it, wasn't, if it wasn't for Georgia, it'd be our number uh, one. Oh, I expect that high. Number six, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse the Black Pearl. Yeah. Number five, Knives Out. Yes. Number four, How Far I'll Go. Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> number three, The Usual Suspects. Yeah. Number two, then we get into the Paul and Griff territory. Number two, Moulin Rouge. That was a good movie. And number one, it's a musical podcast. You had it bang on. Number one is Chicago. Yeah. And if I may, here's our bottom 10. Go on. Number 10, 10 (laughs) worst. One's the worst. 10's the worst. Number 10, Home Alone. Mm -hmm. Number nine, Trading Places. Number eight, The Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, I don't know that. Number seven, and it should be higher, Wonder Woman. 
yes. as in higher, it should be worse than it. Yeah, it should be. Mm-hmm. Number six, the hitman's bodyguard. Uh huh. Number five, some like it hot. Mm. I think that's a little bit unfair. Yeah, I do. Number, number four, Days of Thunder. I think that's unfair. I think so, because that's a funny To be fair, game. I think a lot of the ones now are unfair. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Number three, Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> number two, Coraline. Yeah, I don't know. That feels about right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that feels definitely right. And number one, um, Train Spotting. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh. The power of the two. Wow. Yeah. So such as, even without that, it still would have been in our bottom 10. Okay. It would have been in our bottom 10, but such as. Out of curiosity, I also took a look and see who, who was the least and most generous out of us all. Okay. Georgia is the harshest critic at 6.96. <laughs> Ellie at 7.29. Yeah. Liam at 7.88. Ooh. And then I'm the most generous at 8.12, which I guess wow. I would because the stuff that makes these films great or the things that makes them critically acclaimed are the kind of things I'm probably more likely to see based on what I do for a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm looking yeah. at things through different lenses that some people will not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guests that we've had on, so Ethan, you got a part of this. I don't know, kind of, I didn't look up your individual one, but you probably would, would stand to reason as well. Our mm-hmm. guests' average score is 8.26, oh. higher than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I found a couple. I, gave, I, I think it was like I gave a ten to some to Spider Verse at yeah. some point, so it's probably around about them. I found an interesting fact for a few people that went. I thought I would love movies from the nineties best. I don't. I seem to love movies that are newer than the nineties the best. But Ellie's curve is quite clearly the older the film is, the worse she rates it. The newer the film is, the better she rates it. <laughs> not right up to 20 but as, as like a theme yeah, yeah, like her yeah, 2010 yeah. score is like the highest on 2000s then yeah, 90s yeah. then 80s then, then then before 80s so that was quite interesting as well so just going over some statistics as far as that went just at a just as a midpoint 58 films are number 29 film literally halfway on the list sounds of the lambs Ooh. interesting it's interesting isn't it half the films we've done are better than that and half the films we've done are worse than that i believe the latter but half the films we've done are better than that mm interesting it's very interesting. and it's kind of fun to go back and look at some numbers maybe i'll have a chance to do that again at another time but all we're gonna do now because we're running quite long i mean there's some stuff that we can cut because we had some technical glitches but <laughs> um let's talk about next week so i'm gonna tip off right now that ellie in two weeks so next sunday ellie will tell us what her pick is mm-hmm. so there's your one week warning ellie you've got a mm. week to think of a film exciting next week we're talking about um a maybe an important film Maybe a culturally relevant film at this time. Maybe. Um, if you recall the importance of Wakanda. Before Wakanda, there was another made up African nation called Zamunda. <gasps> do you know what it is? You, yes, I do. We are watching Coming to America. The uh, original. Okay. The original 1988 Eddie Murphy solo film, really. I didn't think too much of this film. Well, then we'll find out. We'll have to go back because there is the new one. There out, is. And I'm out, yeah. dying to do a theater skip it on that. Yeah. This has been on the docket forever. And then they delayed the movie by three months okay. around Christmas time. So this I am be interesting to see how I see it as an adult now. Yeah. Because I haven't seen it for so many years. I really, I think I prefer this to trading places. Do you? I've I think so. Places. As, well, a, as a kid, I be interested to see what it's like. I now. haven't seen it since yep. then. So that is what we're watching next week. And then two weeks from now, Ellie's got the choice. Cool. So we'll find out what her choice is next week. So what that. Sorry? 
It's exciting. <laughs> it's exciting. Yeah. I haven't had a pick for ages. I don't get to actually do a proper pick till like June or <laughs> August or something because I got, I got a couple that are taken up with various commitments. Grace. So, yes, that's one of them. So, uh, to everybody out there, thank you so much. It's been a marathon of episode. Thank you for staying with us. Thank you. Not so only much. for today, thank you for staying with us for the past year. If it's been Absolutely. the full year, if it's been a couple of weeks, if it's been a couple of months, whatever it's been, thank you so much. Uh, it's just nice to know that the conversations we're putting out there, people are engaging with them and finding them enjoyable in whatever capacity that is. And again, so, thanks for all the love. Yes. Those of you who wrote in, those of you who, who consistently tweet in, those of you who recorded the message, and those of you who record, uh, sorry, who listen and don't record or don't tweet, but still listen. Thank yeah. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, whatever level of engagement you have with us, we are just appreciative for it. And um, it's a fun way to spend an evening once a week. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much. Uh, We look forward to seeing you. I guess we're locked in for... We'll just keep this going for now. I'm not going to commit to 10 or 20 years at this no. point. <laughs> no, because things could change. Things could change. Who knows? Who knows? This, po- this whole podcast thing might be a fad. <laughs> it might be. Might be. You never know. You never know. Never know. So, uh, for best film ever, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Ellie. I've been Ethan. And I've been Georgia. And unlike Universal Pictures, I will simply end this one by saying, to be continued, we'll catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flop.